0: Happy Thursday evening to you It's Game Face episode 56 on Sifted Games We are in the doldrums of summer The doldrums I mean, it is so dead in the industry In fact, I think this week Sifted set its record low for traffic other than last year at the end of June.
1: I think Every, a, everybody's having a good time. They're outside. Yeah, they're catch, I don't blame them. catching Pokemon. A lot
0: of people are on if vacation. If they can get on the
1: damn servers.
0: Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are on vacation yeah. and just doing their thing. A lot of people, too, after E3 is over, they just kind of take a breath. Yeah,
1: they're going to the beach house or the vineyard. You know. Yeah,
0: but uh, it is a slow time right now in video games. It's actually kind of good to catch my breath. I do want to mm. mention, though, uh, right off the top, next week we may not have an episode of Game Face, I've got a ton of stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, There aren't a lot of topics to talk about. I kind of looked at the release schedule for next week. There's not Mm. a ton of games. Uh, So I might use the day that we do Game Face because it is an all-day process to get ready for this show. I know you guys may think we just show up and, like, (laughs) talk about games and all that. There's a lot. That's what I do. Yeah. (laughs) I just show up. There's a lot of pre-production that goes along with Game Face. And so to get that day back next week, if we don't have a good show for you guys anyway, would be invaluable we're trying to launch new shows and i really want to get those out to you guys so uh 50 50 right now uh if you follow us on twitter or facebook or if you're just on the site we'll be sure to let you guys know whether the show's going to happen or not but we might have a week hiatus next week i'll let you know good news for you today matt kyle good news for everybody today uh-huh. no man's sky went gold yes no more delays it's coming. It is happening. I, I have a feeling. Four and, that, and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I have a feeling the disc that they showed wasn't actually. It's was probably like a Def Leppard CD that they had burned that they <laughs> wrote like the game name on. But uh, showed a photo today holding the disc. Whole team celebrating. Yep. All like eleven of them. Yeah. It's really insane that I that game group. was built yeah. by that
1: team. Like, the photo shows, like... Sean Murray has an epic playoff beard going. Yeah, he does, yeah. I mean,
0: he probably hasn't showered in weeks.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> That they, whole team, probably. They look pretty tired. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the one guy is just drinking straight out of the champagne bottle. Yeah. Just, the, just out of the magnum.
0: It's freaking great. Yeah, so that's exciting. No Man's Sky is actually coming, people. And I might remind you that it's a PC game as well. A lot of people kind of assume it's just for PlayStation mm. 4 that is not the case, it's also coming for PC, day and date with the PS4 version, so pretty exciting stuff. Yep. Um... I'm looking forward
1: to it. And, yeah. Uh, one other piece of news for me, uh, I remember we, we talked in the aftermath of E3 about how one of your predictions was that attitudes towards VR were going to change. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you were right, and to re- <laughs> reinforce that you were right, uh, my Vive will be here tomorrow. Oh, wow! Congrats, so, man! Awesome. Goodbye, real world. <laughs> um, but you're probably t- really happy to hear we may not have a show next week, then. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, unless I'm just like, i got to talk about things. Yeah, you're going to go into VR um, land. But uh, basically, like, I had such a good experience with it. You know, Because the way I was looking at VR was like, it can't be like a weird toy gimmick accessory for video games. It has to be its own platform. And I, I was shown at E3, I think, that the uh, the developers are really approaching it as its own platform. as yeah, almost yeah, a new sure. medium... And once Oculus dropped the headset DRM thing, I was like, well, there's not really Time any more go. obstacles there. So yeah. uh let's let's dive in.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so that's uh, good to hear. Looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to drilling holes in my wall to get the lighthouses <laughs> up, but once it's done, it'll be done. And it'll not be like great. you
0: own it. No. That's true. <laughs> uh just one last note, achievements are chugging along. Vin Hill's doing a great job uh creating the icons. I had a chance to look at the pop-up you're going to get whenever you get an achievement on the site. It's looking real cool and really sharp. Uh, you'll have the ability to dismiss it right away because it just has achievement earned and then it has the name of the achievement and then the icon for the achievement. And then you have the option of either clicking to go see the achievement because it doesn't explain to you how you earned it in the pop-up. Uh, so you have the option of going to see how you earned it or just dismissing it and letting it go. I have a feeling some people will be doing some dismissing because when it all launches, if you were to get, like, deluged with mm-hmm. pop-ups, it's going to go, doink, 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 Does it doink. make a sound? It does not make a sound. No. <laughs> Do you guys want a sound? Would you want a sound?
1: I like it when they make a sound. Do you?
0: Yeah. It's, like, sounds with websites. Like, for whatever yeah. reason, like, it's just something I'm completely averse to.
1: Same, normally, but for one, for, I, I like a sound when I get an achievement. I don't yeah. Know.
0: We'll take, a, take, it, take a poll or something. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll add a little jingle or something. That could be really annoying if you get like oh, 40 yeah. right in a row.
1: <laughs> but it could also become something that's, you know, associated with Sifted. The Sifted, the sifted true. Chime. sifted we'll make a little sifted chime sifted. or a jingle
0: yeah. for it. We'll look into that and see if we can make that happen for you guys. It would also be funny, too, if people got like 50 in a row and then they filmed it with like their cell phone camera of all the achievements popping up and then uploaded it and it kind of went viral or whatever. So lots of angles to consider hint, when you hint. do anything for a website. <laughs> yeah, and hint. hint. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's it. Like I said, it's a slow week, not a lot of chit-chat. Let's get to the big six. So, Matt, there is one huge story this week. Yes. It seems not to be, a very good one. No, not a good one. It seems to be taking over the internet. I would like to say that this is a little bit of vindication for me, because I have been one of the more vocal opponents of YouTubers all along. Uh, yeah. I've mentioned from the beginning that I didn't trust them, and I felt like there's no checks and balances there. There's no one looking over their shoulder to make sure they aren't doing shady stuff. Uh, I've mentioned it before. There was an episode of Bonus Round I went on before GT folded with a couple panelists, one of which worked for Smosh Games and is a YouTuber. And uh, I was basically pushed off the panel for being too negative, too skeptical. Uh, I was the guy who was looking for something wrong where there was nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. and. Looky, looky, what happened with T. Martin? And I know T. Martin because we actually curate some of his stuff because he is like—he has a huge channel. He's like ten million people who subscribe to his channel or whatever. But he—he he also gets exclusive stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he, one thing I will say about T. Martin is he is really good at first-person shooters, and that's why how he built his channel. And I think that's part of the problem with YouTube is that. People get a lot of notoriety for either they're really funny or they're fun to hang out with or they're really good at a genre. T. Martin's amazing at first-person shooters. That's how he built his audience initially. And what happens is you get that audience and you realize you're probably not going to grow past a certain level unless you start branching out and doing other things. And so that's when you start (laughs) seeing the personality of the people more and let more of their face and less of the gameplay Etc. Etc. The
1: obvious next step is crime. Crime,
0: yes, (laughs) and lawsuits.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So basically, this is a really complicated thing to explain. Mm -hmm. So basically, what happened is these two YouTubers, T. Martin, and what's the other guy's name? Like Sci Syndicate or something. Something like that. I probably should have written his name down. I feel bad for not knowing it. But these two guys basically formed a company a while back uh, that was basically a. Counter-Strike Global Offensive Skins Lotto website where basically you go in there and like it's like a lottery. You're basically betting on
1: getting skins, so to speak. I didn't really know this whole skin thing existed before this. It is huge. Holy shit. I couldn't believe it, man. Like, $5,000 for a knife skin and stuff. Like, whoa! Not even just the value of
0: the skins, just how big it is in general. Because I started looking around for footage that you're looking at right now and YouTube is just flooded with, like, react videos. I react to getting a a great Mm -hmm. skin for $5 or whatever. Like, I, I honestly, for one, just cannot believe how big cosmetics have become in video games in general. Like, League of Legends, like mm-hmm. every game now, any game that's online
1: has cosmetics in it. Some charge you, some are free. And the turnaround on that is interesting because, like, for a long time the conventional wisdom that, like, uh, was um, cosmetics work in the Asian market. Right. But in America it has to be, like, object; it has to be in-game items or whatever. Right. And that seems to, you know, the, the ice on that seems to have thawed in the West. I don't explain. get skins for shooters especially because you. N- I never even see the gun. I don't care what your gun looks like. I don't care I'm, what your gun looks never, like. One. I've never noticed. I don't really care what me. it looks
0: like. One, I never notice it too. Yeah. Unless you have a golden gun. When people who have all gold guns, you'll notice that. But if it's just like a leopard skin or like red camouflage. Like, I don't even notice it. Like, the game is so fast, you never even see somebody's gun. Especially,
1: I mean, Counter-Strike. Like, who's looking for guns? I know!
0: I just, I can't... you have
1: time to see someone's gun, you've been killed twice, basically. Yeah, exactly.
0: So the market for this is big. And so basically what they did is they set up a website to do this. Now, here's where things started getting dicey. Is that what they did was, first of all, T-Mark goes on his channel and says, hey, we found this new website. Mm-hmm. You mean you found it? That's like it. a lottery for <laughs> yeah. He acted like he had just discovered yeah. the website, and it turned out he had founded it. Mm-hmm. So total deception, lies right there. Two letters matter. Yeah, those two letters are a big deal. A big deal. <laughs> and uh, so first, that's what he did to introduce mm-hmm. the website and say, "Hey, there's this new thing that I found. It's pretty cool." So then they start doing like these live, basically basic. Lotteries, like mm-hmm. live lottery drawings Where they were Winning like extremely rare ex- Extremely expensive skins And When they would win the skin They would completely freak out And act like they were totally shocked Well, as It turns out the whole thing was set up And they knew all along they were going to get the skin And they were basically quote unquote Acting Now Basically what busted this whole thing open Is the other guy, not T. Martin Basically, it just came out and admitted it. Oh. He he had the cojones. And look, I as dirty as what they did was, I do admire this guy for at least having the cojones to come out and admit that what he was doing was wrong. I don't know if the guilt got the better of him. I don't know if he was tipped off to the fact that somebody had figured out what they were doing and that they had founded the company. I do know that T. Martin had been flag had oh. been alerted before. Because there was somebody on YouTube, I believe it was, who had kind of figured out that they actually own the company. Yeah, they went through the and put a video up or something of it. Yeah. And so then they knew the gig was up, and then at least the guy the other guy came out and apologized. Oh, yeah, but T Martin doubled down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To say the least. Oh my gosh. So he how many different apology videos did he post and take down? Two?
1: I think it was two, yeah. The first one, he was like, denial. Right, completely. the first one was like him walking through his house, just being like, I can't believe people are spreading misinformation. And I'm like, hmm Yeah.
0: Then the yeah. second one, he trots out his dog. <laughs> and has the dog, like, up in his lap. He's, like, kissing the dog to start the video. He's like, oh, hey. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. It's really... <laughs> and then he makes some kind of- Exactly. And then he makes some kind of comment about how, I hate to, like, drag my dog into this. It's like, what are you talking no. about? Dude, you, the dog doesn't know. What
1: are you know. talking about? Put
0: food in the dog's bowl. He won't give a crap. was the dog? The COO? Like, yeah, the... Yeah, he might have been. <laughs> I mean, if you look at, like, their filings, they don't look all that professional. So who knows? The dog could have been, like, the president or whatever. So, and then he proceeds to apologize. Mm-hmm. And his apology is basically, like... I'm sorry you didn't do the research to discover that I owned the company that I was acting like I had just discovered, even though I founded it.
1: And the great part about all this was, like, sort of the waiting around until he, like, until you're waiting for him to figure out or have someone tell him, it's like, yeah, what you did is illegal. Illegal. And like, so, really, really illegal. It's, like, it's not like, oh, we didn't do our research. It's like, no, you broke the, the law. law yeah. And so there was a big class action lawsuit
0: against Valve. Because Valve does have some responsibility in this, because it created the environment that fostered this mm-hmm. website, essentially. It, and it kind of, I don't want to say it completely turned a blind eye, but it kind of did. It was kind of like, well, you know, yeah, right. that's we, what you we created do. this, yeah. and whatever you want to do with it, like, that's fine. Like, Valve is smart. It knew what could ultimately be the outcome of this. And so it does bear a little bit of the responsibility, but... In my opinion, obviously, the most egregious of mistakes yeah. was made by T. Martin. And so he took down the first video when people railed on it, put up the second one we just talked about with the dog in it. That one got taken <laughs> down, too. He went back through his channel and deleted all of the content related to their website so people could not go back and watch and then pull out like things that he
1: said to make keep making him look worse and worse and worse. But people had already... Pretty much saved everything already. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming so. Th- everything on the internet lives forever. Like, you can't, yeah. really, you know, I've already seen people say, like, yeah, I downloaded, it. you know, there are people on uh, 4chan and someplace like, yeah, I got it all. Like, yeah. so it's like, when I, as soon as I heard about this, I took, I, they, know, just went to the they just went and downloaded everything. Yeah. Know? I mean, and it's easy to do. P- I mean, people do download. that when game trailers yeah. got shut down, and they do it when a horrible thing, uh, every time a horrible thing happens, someone downloads an entire library of video yeah. content. That seems to be how it works.
0: And here's the crazy thing, like this guy T. Martin, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but just looking at him, I'm guessing the guy's 20 years old, multi-millionaire, many times over, and he didn't have enough money, he needed to make more, and look, I get it, there's lots of businessmen out there, they make their first million and they can't wait to make their first hundred million, I understand Mm -hmm. that part of it, but the desperation that he showed to increase his wealth, to one break the law, as you mentioned, and two just morally to do what he did, because you know he's and to do it to the people who made him that who money. Who made in the him first that place. money? Like this, those are his viewers. Exactly, and then you start to wonder, like, how deep does it go? Was he like gaming the website and like yeah, c- were they controlling like-, like who got what skins, yeah. like? Well, meanwhile, all Because clearly people, they could if
1: they were staging those exactly, wins before. Exactly. They could
0: totally stage, like, who was getting what. And so, was he making sure that his friends were getting all the skins, that then they could flip on eBay or wherever they sell that crap? Man, like, I what, no a, what a
1: rabbit hole.
0: It, I mean, it could go really, yeah. really deep. But, I think what we want to talk about here today is that, like, I guarantee you, he's not the only one doing this crap. Like, mm. he's not the only YouTuber who is doing stuff that he should not be doing. And look... I've listened to a couple other podcasts this week who've discussed this topic.
1: I listened to Jim Sterling's uh, thoughtful rant on it. Sterling's was good. And also, if you want a much more in-depth exploration of this, uh, Jeff Kanata's uh, DLC goes way in-depth on this thing. Wait, and does
0: Jeff Kanata have a show called DLC? Yeah. Oh, crap.
1: What? Because I was going to do a show called DLC. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. It stands for, it stands for something. but like.
0: Oh, that uh, sucks. So much- but I'm yeah. glad I know that because we were working on the motion graphics for the show, like beginning like tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I don't do that.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, he has a show called DLC, and they go real in depth on this. And it's if you care about the you know internal machinations of how this all worked and everything, like they, he goes deep, deep into it. So, yeah. so watch that if you want more.
0: So look, a lot of people have talked about it. We're not going to sit here and talk about this for an
1: hour or whatever because it's the mm-hmm. most popular topic on podcasts this entire week. But like and, you say, if, if it's happening in one place on YouTube. Yeah. Gotta be happening in another And imagine
0: some of the other YouTubers who haven't already made five or six million dollars, mm-hmm. who are, you know, probably still making decent money, but
1: they're like, I'm making a hundred grand a year. I do admit that like because of this, I've also seen some videos where like guys bet like five thousand dollars worth of stuff on one roll and they lose it all, and like you you know, there's basically it's reaction videos, except you're actually watching someone lose like a month a month like two months rent. And they're just, like, they just sink onto the ground. And, like, there was one where some guy's girlfriend comes and is like, what did you just do? <laughs> what did you, like, screaming at him, like, what did you just but it do? it was real. No, it, like, it seemed to be real. Seems like, to be. People if, if it, seem to think this, if this was, website was real. <laughs> if it wasn't real, um, he's a real good crier on cue. Yeah. Oh, he cried. Oh, he was devastated.
0: But you know what? And I'm like, but then
1: why did you bet for I don't dollars right. I don't
0: feel bad for somebody that does that. because now when it comes it, to gambling, I mean, gambling it's is It's so it dumb. Is. It's not even just gambling, like. Gambling, to say nothing
1: of the underage gambling Underage situation.
0: gambling, but just blowing that much money on a skin. Like, that's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Something that could easily
1: just be, like, deleted and taken away. Like, mm-hmm. a bug, a glitch. Right. That's the great thing. Like, this is a totally legitimate, like, thing that everybody does, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, it was hundreds of dollars for this skin, or da 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 And then, like, DeNuvo is on Inside, the PC version of Inside, and was like, they could take our game away at any time. You're not getting my 20 bucks. And it's yeah. just like, what? <laughs> like, what happens when Team Fortress 2 stops and you no longer have your $5,000 bloody knife skin
0: yeah, or that no hat. one can see anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get the whole skin thing, but I don't want to sit here and, like, you know, rail on people who do, like, that whole scene. I mean, the, the crux of the discussion here is YouTube and the lack of oversight... There's no, I mean, there's no way to make sure any of these people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and not Uh. doing what they should not be doing, like...
1: It's the Wild West. Well, I also don't get like, you know, there's that element of like, oh, they're honest or they're real. just like, <laughs> yeah, that's know? what a lot of people say. Oh, I like YouTubers because they're honest. They're real. It's like, you know, all those people get paid obscene <laughs> amounts of money for this yeah. stuff. Like, you know, there's the top Let's Players, like, they won't touch your game for less than 10 grand. Oh, 10. That's and, low. like, I mean, it is not, it, that is slowly starting to fade. Like, that is on the, on the downhill right yeah, now, yeah. I think, that, that world. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, that was how, that was how it worked. And like, anytime you saw a game of any kind, no matter how obscure you thought, It was on one of these top-level let's play channels. Those people were making five figures a day doing it. Well, the funny part part about it. And do you think you're going to get an unbuy? I mean, sure, they'll like say something, point out some bad things about the game. But it's like people doubt game, uh, you know, you know, mainstream game press people when like they get like a sticker. Yeah, they they
0: accuse like all these websites of being paid off, and it's like those websites have like hundreds of people working Mm -hmm. around them, watching them do stuff. Like there's nobody watching the YouTubers. Like they can Mm -mm. do pretty much whatever they want and like and they do and and like there's a very easy way for them to throw people off the trail because the FTC or the SEC I can't FCC. remember FC, FCC FCC yeah. controls YouTube they said basically told Federal YouTubers like yeah, yeah yeah said like look if you is like a
1: flower delivery yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's FTD
1: FTD okay oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. Yeah, Yeah. they instituted this policy that said if you're getting paid, you have to disclose that you're getting paid. So all you have to do as a YouTuber is disclose one or two of your videos and say, "Yeah, I'm getting paid for this." And then everybody's like, "Oh, he's disclosing when he's getting paid." You don't know what he's doing with the other like thirty freaking videos that he publishes per month or whatever. There's just there's no way Uh. to know. And I have a feeling that this is just the beginning, and we're going to start hearing more and more stuff about this. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, because here's the thing. What's happening is you have very young people getting crap tons of money. And unlike professional athletes who have, like, a person on the team who teaches them how to manage their money, it doesn't work all doesn't the time. Doesn't always work. No. Yeah, they'll still go out and blow, like, a mil- $2 million on a Bugatti or whatever. But you do have a person there who's sitting, like, a financial advisor to say, Look, you know, this is probably isn't going to last forever with athletes or probably with YouTubers. Eventually, yeah. someone's going to come along that's going to replace them, and they're going to have to do something else ultimately. But they don't have someone. They're telling them, like, you need to sock your money away or telling them how to manage your money or just watching what the hell they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And so you have these teenagers, early 20-somethings with millions of dollars right. in their pocket, and it came really easy. I mean, really, they may work hard, and I believe a lot of them do. But ultimately, they are got paid a crap ton of money to play video games. It's just its a, the whole thing is a recipe for disaster. I mean, yeah. I hope a lot of these guys or girls have parents who are helping them, or maybe they hired like an accountant or a financial advisor. Hopefully that accountant or financial advisor isn't fleecing them for money, which is, could
1: happen. I mean, it's. It, I, I understand the, the desire in that situation to make as much money as humanly possible because it's like, look, this is probably only, only going to be a viable gravy train for like seven years of your life maximum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a pro athlete is a pretty good comparison there, you yeah. know? An um, average
0: NFL player lasts like three to five years. And
1: if you want, you know, and sometimes like, you know, popular, you know, popular YouTube people like suddenly it just goes away. Yeah. And no one really knows why. Well, could go,
0: I mean, here's the funny part about this whole thing is that like, he hasn't really lost any subscribers. No. Like people were on there going, "You're a scammer, you're a liar," blah blah blah. But they have not clicked that unfollow button on his YouTube channel. Like, even after two failed apologies that he put up, took down, Mm. and went back and wiped out all the evidence. But when you're dealing with a bunch of like 12 and 13 year old kids, they're like, "Whatever, he's still T. Martin." Like,
1: and then I'm sure there's some people who're like, "No, I, I, I ain't missing this." You
0: I know. think, honestly... that yeah, Tell exactly. me when they put some
1: new stuff up, because oh, yeah. i got to see they're that. They're
0: popping yeah. the popcorn yeah. and sitting, <laughs> and waiting, watching. Yeah, so it's insane. Like, mm-hmm. this is this brand new, like, economy that...
1: But the thing is, like, this is, there's no laws... You know, there's a law that applies to what he did in terms of misrepresenting the company as, you know, disguising his role as a founder and, and someone with a stake in it. But beyond that, like, the underage gambling idea, like, all this. There's no, it's all gray area. There's no real yeah. solid laws or precedents for it. It's like this, I mean, this case will probably create those yeah. to some degree. Um, but it's fascinating because, like, it, like you said, it, it was the wild west out there. Like no one, there's no legal handbook for this. Like, it, it, like this is all new. Well, we had a pres- it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. We had a man
0: run for president. I think believe it was four years ago who said he had never used the internet. So mm. mm-hmm. most of the people who would set the laws into motion, they're old. Like, they don't even understand the internet. It's why, like, all the policies that are set up for YouTube make zero sense because they were all written for, like, radio and television, like, 10 Uh years ago. That's why, like, as a content creator, it's your responsibility to go find all your content and contact YouTube instead of it being YouTube's responsibility to keep written stuff off of its service. It's like the laws for this stuff are ancient. They don't apply to the internet. They have no relevance in that market. So... Uh And it's not going to change anytime soon. Like, those laws generally take years yeah. to pass, and no one's even started well, it, trying to up to abridge the legislation.
1: So I have no idea. It's going to be, you know, this case will probably create some of that. Who knows if it'll go higher than that, you know, in terms of higher courts. Um, whoever's appointed as Supreme Court justices over the next four to eight years is going to, you know, swing that one way or the other. Um And then, you know, our generation is slowly going to get into power and and younger than us, and we all are much more tech-savvy than the people who are in charge right now. I mean, Obama is technically you know more tech-savvy than, I think, anybody who preceded him. And probably whoever's going to succeed him. Um, But uh, as we slowly move ahead, that'll happen, and then our laws that our generation makes will be out of date for the next generation if they're trying to figure out whether an AI is a person. Yeah. I think the biggest
0: problem here is that...
1: Do robots have rights?
0: Yeah. No one's going to learn a lesson here. T. Martin hasn't lost any traffic. Mm. He's not going to lose any financial gains from his YouTube channel. And if he does not get fined or go to jail or lose a court case, no one's going to learn anything. What lesson is there to learn?
1: Like, humility? Like, he hasn't (laughs) shown that. The the main lesson right now seems to be, if you're going to do that, be smarter than T. Martin.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been doing nefarious things out there right now who are like, hmm, who did Uh I tell that I was doing this? Because the other part of it, too, was when you're dealing with young people, a lot of times when they get backed into a corner, they strike out. And so if somebody along the way had a conversation with T. Martin about some shady stuff that they were doing, they're sweating it right now. Because I could, based upon his two quote-unquote apologies, I could totally see him being the guy who comes out with the next video and says... I'm not the only one doing this. I know blah 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 are all doing it. So if you don't like me, you better not like. Like I could totally see some immature type thing like that happening. So this isn't over, people.
1: That's why. You, that's why you separate the kids into the different offices when you interrogate them. <laughs> You're about, like, absolutely what they right. Did. Though, that's because why you do it. the kids crack. Yeah, that's,
0: I mean that's also why police separate people in suspects, a crime yeah. because they don't want them talking together and trying to figure out a story. So. I don't think this is over by a long shot. Well, it's definitely not not over, because charges are
1: being brought. I mean, we'll hear about it intermittently for the next, like, you know, couple of years. Yeah.
0: And I think the other part of it, too, is that people who...
1: I'm interested to see what happens to Valve. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to be able to kind of weasel out of that, or if there's, like, going to be more evidence that they knew more than they're letting on, or... They're going
0: to have to give up a lot of data.
1: Yeah. I mean, imagine how exciting it would be if Valve's computers got
0: searched. Wow. The stuff that could come out from that, yeah, that could be exciting
1: because we all know that uh, Half-Life Three. It, one of the other issues is um, that is happening right now is that uh, it's been pretty well established uh, that government sec- computer security is somewhere around the 1991 yeah. level. It is. Yeah. Um, so if Valve has to give some, some of that data, I guarantee that data will find its hands. Oh, find, yeah. find its way into the hands of people who will share it with everybody.
0: Yeah. And I think just one final note that I want to share is that if you think about it, the people who would be bothered by this, people who have morals and ethics and actually care about that kind of stuff, look. When I was in my teens and my twenties, I didn't think about a lot of stuff like that. Like I just wanted to enjoy my life, get through school, blah blah blah. Yeah, Richard die trying. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. adults, though, people who would look at this and be like, I wouldn't do that. They weren't the people watching people like T. Martin anyway. No. There ultimately is going to be very little penalty or detriment. In all honesty, T. Martin probably should have just said nothing. Well, yeah. You always
1: should say nothing. Yeah. Legally, you say nothing. Like, yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. Like, you, nothing, the right to you, remain nothing silent. Nothing you can ever say is going to improve. That's, 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 a, that's a advice for everyone. Yeah. Never say anything. Yeah. Ever. Like if you're if, in deep crap, just if keep you're sure. in trouble, <laughs> you talk to your lawyer and you tell, you say what the lawyer tells you to say, and that is it. I come from a long line of lawyers in yeah. my family, and the first thing you're taught is don't say anything. Yeah, because anything you say it doesn't matter. It can what you say. You. It doesn't even matter if you just tell the truth. Which and is you why I went innocent. back and deleted all those videos. Yeah. Even if you just tell the truth and 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 you're actually innocent and you ne- did nothing wrong, if you phrase something wrong. Uh, the police or the opposing legal team can take that, twist it, and cast reasonable doubt on you. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing and I probably should have gone into it because I would have been really good at it. Yeah. But like, I, I think I just, you would have
0: been a really good lawyer, actually. I just
1: didn't have the patience to get through law school, yeah. basically. It's not easy. That's a lot of reading. People. Oh, I have a buddy like, who went through law
0: school and never passed the bar. Yeah. Finished law school and he took the bar like three times, got a job at Comcast, hmm. and was just like, why do I need to bar now? Yeah. <laughs> and he never went and took it again. Was, yeah. And now he's been with Comcast for like eight years. He's making huge money up in a penthouse office and whatever. Maybe you should have been a lawyer. Maybe. <laughs> but then I wouldn't be here. That's true. That's a good point. So, yeah, I don't good think this will be the last time we talk. <laughs> exactly. I don't think this will be the last time we talk about this. There's going to be updates. There is like literally like three updates on this story today. Yeah, like, figuring out, like, what to curate to the page and whatnot, because once you curate something, like, literally, like, an hour later, like, for instance, later on in the afternoon, the whole thing broke that, you know, Val was getting sued, and that T-Mart and this other guy were getting tacked and pulled into the lawsuit, the class action lawsuit, so new information's breaking, like, at least it has been the last couple days, like, every few hours, um, so I'm sure this will be a topic that we'll probably at least talk about it off the top of the show on down the road, if not have another full topic about it, but, uh, look, be warned, like, this is bad. Hold on to your hats. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> your Team Fortress 2 hats. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, look, this this is just, like, a big guy getting caught. Who knows what the littler YouTube guys are doing? Like, honestly, there's no way to know. But I think uh, this is, like, the first...
1: Well, I'm sure eventually we'll find out.
0: I feel like this is kind of the door cracking open a little bit. And uh, maybe, ultimately, a bunch of other stuff will end up coming out of this. <laughs> but we'll see. Um... But it's time to move on to the next topic. So, Matt, this, this, I really wanted to play Pokemon Go. I really wanted uh, to play Fury, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Unfortunately, I am about 43 hours deep on the Technomancer. Longer than you thought, huh? Uh, I just want it to end. <laughs> I just want it to end. Like, every time I finish a quest and then, like, you should go talk. No! I don't want to talk to anybody Tell me what to hit with the electric more. stick. I don't
1: care anymore.
0: Uh, I don't care. It is, the like, the last third of this game has just turned into a complete nightmare. It's not even really hard anymore. Like, I'm so overpowered at this point that, like, I wipe out most enemies with, like, two swings or whatever. You're but just taking your time. I just now. don't care anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about the stories. All, any, I, this isn't a te- Technomancer topic, but... I want to explain why I have not had the chance to play Pokemon Go. I tried to play it today, and I couldn't even get on the server. No, not guy I.
1: I couldn't register third, for the game. I registered last night. I got on. I registered. I captured my Charmander in my living room. Yeah. And then I was like, i I got it. But this morning I was all ready to like you know boot up Pokemon Go and because I live near like a whole bunch of museums and stuff, and I was like, and I've got like forty. Pokestops near, like, wow. like, in like immediate walking distance. I can, I probably I can make a loop around like my neighborhood and pick up like forty or so Pokestops. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. It's gonna be great. It'll be awesome. Like, I'm gonna look around and catch some Pokemon and get out. And like, no server, no server, no server, no server. And Every single time, you gotta log in again, oh. cause over and over, because it doesn't remember your login information for some reason. And then uh, finally, I got on the server and I go out and it's still not quite working because all everything's blank. So I, to, I went. I, I went outside to play your game, Nintendo. I haven't yeah. done that. I haven't done uh-huh. that since Boktai. Um And <laughs> so, so it didn't work. And I went back back inside and played Fury some more. And then like periodically, I kept checking, and it just wasn't working most of the day. And uh, put it this way, put it this way. Uh, there's a site you can go to, like, like you know, it's like an MMO. Like is the server up? Site and it was it's yeah. tracking Pokemon Go now. So many people were going to that site to find out if Pokemon Go was up. It crashed that server. <laughs> this thing. I've heard that this thing is potentially the most simultaneously played app entertainment app in history. That's hard to believe, man. That like that I mean it's it's Pokemon. It is. It's Pokemon. That's still hard I was, when I was driving here today, I saw two old women in their 60s or 70s and I'm stopped at a red light and they're like waving their phone around, like well, I'm like, what are they doing? I look around and I get to, I get a glimpse of her screen. She's trying to capture Pokemon. <laughs> These two like grandmas were playing the Pokemon game on their phone, like that's walking crazy. around the block and like catching Pokemon. Oh I was like, gosh. this is going to be crazy huge. This now, is once be you so see big. that, that's like the Wii.
0: Yeah, once yeah. you
1: saw like the Wii being played in
0: retirement homes, that's when you knew it was going nuclear. But like, so I tried to log in on the app. And then I was like, screw this, this isn't working. I thought maybe it was just because my mobile phone or whatever. Went on my desktop, same problem. Mm. Can't register, can't log in. Oh, the training even thing even doesn't work Even if you just try to go yeah. to the homepage yeah, there's nothing of there. Pokemon Club, is just a 505. It's mm-hmm. just dead. Like, the whole site, all their servers
1: just dead it's been a disaster
0: i mean i would have guessed i would guess that they probably loaded up on servers as much as they could and no Uh, matter
1: what i don't think it was possible to be ready for this basically yeah like i think it's it's just i mean everyone knew this was going to be big but like this is crazy like the size of this is you you walk
0: a fine line with this like i think you know crashing on day one is a good thing Mm. Because people are like, oh my god, everybody loves it. Everyone's playing it. It must be amazing. If, if the servers are crashing, the farther you go past that day, yeah. there's a quotient. I don't know what the exact algorithm is, but there is a quotient there where interest wanes over
1: time, and people will eventually give mm. up. I mean, it is the first time I was actually able to play it effectively uh, was when I sat down here and I like just checked it and I was like, oh, it's it's working. And like there was a there was an Ecan's right there on, on the Tricaster, and there was a, a Geo dude right there on your coffee cup, and I captured them both, and now it actually works. So like, yeah. I'm hoping that they've worked out some bugs in it. Other interesting thing maybe to late note, at
0: night is well, a that's better. the other
1: interesting thing to note is like all the pictures I've seen of people that's like oh I got this thing like they're all at night because <laughs> they're because like, that's yeah they're waiting until everyone to asleep in the area, yeah, yeah. and there are different Pokemon at night. Thing. So why don't
0: you explain what it's like? The setup process and everything and how it well, plays you, and you
1: log in and you go, you can play with your Gmail address or you can play with uh the thing that doesn't work, the Pokemon Club thing. Which also I was hoping that like I could just use my Nintendo network ID. That's crazy talk. D- Nintendo does not understand how to make a decent online experience still. It, it, I mean I and like this is the company that made ingress and all these other you know, yeah. it's like it's not like they don't have experience, but um you create a character, you create your, your, you know, with, with really, really, really mm-hmm. rudimentary, uh, character Like, you can pick, like, three different jackets and three different shoes, three different pants.
0: Can you buy more with real money? No! Not no. yet!
1: Not yet. I mean, wow. you, you just, like, you, and your three different backpacks and, like, uh, I think, uh, a few different hair colors and that's it. Like, different hats. Uh, you can be male or female. And then you pick your name, which is unique. So if someone else is named Shane, you don't get to be. You know, I Somebody think, already snagged Dinfire on Cloud Pokemon. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: it sucks. Was it one of you? <laughs> it might have been. Um, you, can <laughs> be, you can just
1: be Father Shane. Yeah. And
0: that'll be, uh, <laughs> on to being the real Dinfire. And then you me. um
1: uh and then you get um introduced to the 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 hottest Professor dude uh, in Pokemon history. Like this dude is like the most suave, handsome. Like you know, <laughs> Professor Oak's kind of a goofy grandfather. <laughs> yeah. This dude's just like. Hello, kind of thing, you know? <laughs> And you're like, whoa, this dude's chiseled, you know. <laughs> and like, he's like, he introduces you to you, and uh, it introduces you to the whole thing. And he's like, okay, pick your thing, and like, you get, you know, in, what do you mean by pick your thing? Pick your starter Pokemon or what? Basically, okay. you know, it's like the starter thing. They're like, here's how you capture. Here's a bunch of Pokemon. So do you choose
0: from three Pokemon to start with. Yeah, there's,
1: you know, this Bulbasaur, uh, uh, Charmander, and um, uh, Squirtle. And then a p- I've heard I picked Charmander because, of course, of course, you do yeah. But apparently, I guess if you walk around a little bit more, it's possible to find a Pikachu as your starter. Which, like, it's not like they're not plentiful, you can find them anyway. Yeah. But um, if if you want a Pikachu, you can wander around your immediate area and possibly find one. People have been reporting that. I picked Charmander because Charmander. You should, yeah. Um, And then once you've done that, it's like, all right, go check out Pokestops. And Pokestops are basically landmarks. Uh, in wherever you are, and, like, you go within... In ra- the real world. In the real world. And you, go, you physically go within range of them, and a the little thing pops up that's got, like, a circle with, like, a picture of them in the title, and you spin the circle and you get items. So you get, like, Pokeballs or whatever. Sometimes you can get eggs, and with eggs you, can put, you have to put them in an incubator, and then you have to walk a certain distance, like five kilometers or whatever, to, like, Hatch the egg.
0: Screw that. So
1: it's it's like an exor- it's like an exercise <laughs> game almost. And then there's once you get level five, there's Pokemon gyms, which there's actually a Pokemon gym literally across the street from here. Oh really? In the flower shop. Wow. But you have to, I'm not level five yet, so I can't do anything with it. But Pokemon, wait, wait, wait. So what do the levels have to do with anything? The levels have to. Well, you can you can power up the Pokemon, individual Pokemon. Uh, you mostly through through found items, but it looks like they mostly want you to buy. Items like so, like, so, like, when you capture like a particular Pokemon, you get like items that can power that Pokemon up. And so, the more of it you capture, the more you can level that that guy up, or I think, or I think you can just go buy the items on for the real money. Um, but the Pokemon gyms uh, unlock at five, level five, and um, which I assume is just so you've done enough to kind of have a a feel for the game, right? And so you can send one of your Pokemon to this Pokemon gym and try to beat the guy who's left his last Pokemon there. Okay. So, like so one, one, po- your one Pokemon, or just anybody? anyone. Okay. There's no way to battle your friends specifically. Okay. So basically, a Pokemon sits on top of this gym thing, and you click it and you send a Pokemon in, and you have to fight. And the way so you... there are actual Pokemon battles. Yeah, but this. it's not like the the game the Game Boy and DS games. It's like You tap them, their enemy Pokemon, to to do attacks to them, and then you swipe to, like, dodge theirs. It's kind of this weird sort of hype, like, kind of pseudo-action combat. Weird. Uh, But anyway, if you win... Can you get good at it? I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I've just watched videos of it. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like, maybe... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure most of it's based on what, you know, whether you're high enough, low. Your, your stats, Pokemon's right. high enough level to do damage to whatever the Pokemon they're fighting. Right. Is. But basically, if you win, that your Pokemon kind of becomes the king of that gym or something. I think, and then, uh, it, it and then of, someone you, else comes basically along you own beat that gym, and then someone else has come on and beat you. And like the idea is, you know, Ingress had something similar. The idea is like. You know, if you want to keep control of a gym, you have to keep coming back and like beating whoever took it over from you, or whatever. And so you have to physically walk to that place every. Yeah, you time. have to physically go. That's I mean, insane. You don't have to physically go. You don't have to physically <laughs> go to the gyms if, you, if, you, if they're within range, physical visual range. You can tap them and it will show you. I, mean, I don't but know. But you
0: have to be like be able to see
1: the location. Yeah, you, have to, you have to be able to see it. Yeah. But like from That's my, very apart- very from very my apartment, there's like five visible. Right. So, so you can like, just look out your window and. Pretty much. Now do you have um, to like
0: point the camera at the no. building?
1: No. Okay. You're just looking at, you're just looking at the map. So just geographically within a block or something like that? Uh, I'd say like three blocks. Oh, okay. Three city blocks. That's not too bad. You, you can see pretty far. Um, and you can tap on any, like, the Pokestops and stuff and it'll show you exactly what it is and where it is and the title. It'll just say, um, it's too far away. Cause you got a big ring around you and you have to, like, the, the thing you want to interact with basically has to be within the ring for you yeah. to use it. And then as you walk around on the map, you'll see little, like, puffs of grass. Uh, like, on the sidewalks and stuff, and that's where Pokemon are. Okay. So if you go near there, uh, in theory, because when I was doing it, the server wasn't working, so i just see Puffs of Grass and nothing would happen. Right. But uh, Puffs of like, you'll see, like, the Pokemon, you tap the Pokemon, it's like, okay, look for it, and you like, and that's when you do the AR thing, and you find right. where it is, and then you throw a Pokeball, which is, like, there's, like, kind of a, there's a skill to throwing the Pokeball, so it hits them. But you don't have to, like, fight them and wait until no. they're almost No, they you don't have to weaken them, them at all. Like, oh. You just have to hit them with the Pokeball, because gotcha. the Pokeball. I mean, you get Pokeballs for capturing things, you get Pokeballs for, sometimes if you go to a PokeStop, um, but you're probably going to end up having to buy Pokeballs yeah. at some point. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I figured. So, you know. Five dollars for a Master Ball. Yeah. It's, um, like, it's, it's a, it's a cool way to kind of make me walk, I guess? You yeah. Know? You know, it's like, if they're, if they're looking to make kids exercise, like, without thinking about it, like, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, like, angle on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, it's very similar to, I mean, when Pokemon first came out, I was like, they need to make one for phones. But my idea was, because this was back when we, before, this was like 1998, when we, I had some this stupid little Nokia thing that had a camera that, like, it's like, oh, look, it's, like, it's like a postage stamp. Now. Literally. The and, uh, yeah. postage stamp. And then I was like, oh, you, you should take pictures of things, and then the game can, like, you know, compare it to, like, whatever silhouette of a Pokemon it matches the best. That'll be, it's kind of like a Pokemon Snap thing, I guess. Yeah. Like, that'll be what, what you get, and then you can use it to battle with people. Um, so this is kind of similar to that idea, but not as involved, and it's more um, just makes you get get people out and out and about, I guess. And I ha- you know, I did see a couple other people doing. Uh, clearly, I mean, you can tell when someone's doing this. Well, everybody because, knows because they're, like, the they're kind of going like right? this, right? Yeah. I mean, but so like,
0: you could go there and you could have like ten people standing around with their cell phones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's so um, the gym is the same location for everyone, right? Yes, the gyms are, are. I think all all of them. I mean, the, like the Pokestops stops are very specific places. The gyms are. They don't have like the lamp, or else maybe they do because I can't see that. Because when I click on it now, it's just this, the the hot professor guy is just is just like it's <laughs> like uh, like oh you're not level five yet. Come back when you're level 5 and I'm like dude. I just want to see what the that hea- the thing is. So like I'm level like almost level three now because I've captured the guys on this table. Yeah. Um. And so I guess I'll I'll go out and try to do more like tonight after we're done. But like. Um, I I did want to play. I was ready to walk around the whole neighborhood doing this like all morning, and the fucking servers didn't work. So, I uh
0: I can't wait until I'm at like a hockey game or a mm. club or a concert. Well, see the fun- I mean, imagine looking through your phone at a concert and seeing like a huge ass Snorlax like on stage yeah. next
1: to like the DJ well, see, that's or the thing is, like it's like they so they have done a pretty good job of making sure, like 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 the Pokemon you find. Match the place you find them to like. If you like, you go to a fountain, you'll probably find a magic harp or oh, something. Oh wow! Or like graveyards. Like people are saying, like there's ghastlys in wow. graveyards. And like, so, that's a so really
0: ambitious game. Well, man. These guys,
1: I mean, these guys did stuff similar. To, I mean, I think it's using a very similar map to what Ingress used, yeah. which was the same thing with landmarks or sort of these these hubs of magical energy or whatever. Yeah. And it sounds like they might have just find replaced a lot of them with like. Okay, now this is a stop. Like it used to be, it used to be a magical ley line vortex. Now, and and, and now it's a Pokemon gym. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, but um, it's it, it, there's a ton of stuff, and it's everything's a photo too, and it's like so that clearly they're using some kind of like Google Maps or, yeah. or Google Earth somehow to do all this, which is probably why you can sign in with your Google account. Yeah, exactly. Um, why? Yeah. But it's. I mean, it. I'm not gonna say it's a good game. Yeah. Because like. Look, if we were doing the fa- it is on my fantasy team. It is, yeah. Uh, if, if we were doing fantasy league stuff by number of players, I'd have won the next three years yeah, off yeah. of this game. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I don't know how well this is gonna. I mean, I know what, was it, what did you? What was it? Pocket, pocket gamer, pocket UK, gamer. Yeah. Like they said, basically, they this is, all over it. I mean, it was like that. It was like when the teacher reads the essay and a Christmas story and the yeah. dream sequence. It's like it's like the mobile game we've been waiting for all our lives, and I'm just like. Oh okay, bro like, yeah. I'm surprised
0: on. they reviewed it so quickly. seems um, like a game you'd have to like spend a lot of well, real there's time it's with. been
1: in there's been a closed thing for a while yeah. there were a couple people at e three who had it, yeah. and were showing me like how it worked and stuff and um so i'm if I'm sure if you know they're big enough that I'm sure they had it early pro oh, um, yeah they're
0: pocket gamers so uh
1: I don't think it's all that good and i they don't give give any scores, so it doesn't help me but um it's not bad. It is free, worth trying. If you have, if you live in a city, like if if you live in like a super rural place, like I can't even imagine. Yeah, like how would it would, be fun? I don't. I, I mean, if you, if you don't have a driver's license, I don't know what you're gonna do. Like if you live in the middle yeah, of nowhere. That's a good point.
0: I never even thought of like, like you know, yeah. What happens if people don't live near anything? There's a um, lot of people in America who don't live near a squad. Get, get on your bike, I guess, I and ride alone. <laughs>
1: and then, it, and then. How's I the guess, battery
0: life? That's been a big thing oh, people have talked about. Dismal. Like it's, yeah, it,
1: people are saying it like completely destroys your battery. Oh, yeah, it, it takes about three percent of my battery every seven to ten minutes. Whoa! I like I, I played around with it for like twenty minutes last night, and um, did the same thing. And I think my battery went from like eighty percent to like sixty eight. I mean, I mean, GPS, was, anything with GPS enabled. They are bringing out, um, battery, um, but near the end of the month, I think there's, this, I mean, it's probably all sold out by now, but I'm, I'm sure they'll make more. But it's like a little, like, thing. It looks like, you know, like a teardrop, like, map marker yeah. from, like, Google Maps. Yeah. But it's a Pokeball. Uh huh. Um, and it's like a wrist. It goes on your wrist or goes wherever. And what it is, is it Bluetooth tethers to your phone and keeps the app going when it's asleep. But through through the, the, the device and basically if you go somewhere where there's a Pokemon or you go somewhere where there's a Pokestop or whatever it'll it'll vibrate and you can just tap it and it'll capture the Pokemon or it'll it'll like get the items from the Pokestop for you. So you don't have to actually pull out your phone gotcha, and do all that. Gotcha. Um, so that will that will save battery life tremendously, and well, also you have to ma-
0: buy like another <laughs> you have to buy another thing. It will make
1: you look a little less like a crazy person. Yeah, like, there's right. already been stories uh, of people Car getting, by the, getting and... stopped by the cops. Yeah. For, like, what because they people think they're terrorists or whatever. I like. saw
0: videos on YouTube of people driving, holding their phone up and looking at their phone while they're the GPS on the Pokemon Go while they're driving. I don't know if they have a GoPro rigged on like the car seat or the yeah. car. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, a lot of cameras in one vehicle.
1: I mean, there could be. Cr- I mean, Nintendo could get sued over this. Well, you're waiting for like the first time some kid wanders across a freeway to find a Mewtwo or like, you know, steps right into traffic, steps right into traffic. not paying or- attention. Go somewhere where maybe they shouldn't be, right? And some That's bad shit happens. Too. Yeah, you know? like who knows? I don't know who's playing this, but I assume some kids want to play. I mean,
0: when they were like mapping out cities for this, did they say, "Okay, here's Philadelphia. This
1: is North Philadelphia. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're there, just going to." There are
1: no Pokemon no in Philadelphia. No Pokemon,
0: in- exactly. They <laughs> yeah. just make the whole city yeah. no Pokemon.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Philly,
0: but in particular North Philly. Like, I seriously wonder that. Like, did they exclude certain areas? Like. What about, like, the red light district in Amsterdam? Like, did they exclude certain, like, golden guy in Tokyo? Like, who knows? Like, Hard to say. There's a lot of interesting questions this game brings up. And I, that's one of the reasons I like it is because it's pushing boundaries and making people look at things differently. And look, like you said, Ingress, another game that kind of did the same thing, but this is Pokemon, man. Yeah. And this is kids, and this is parents trying to
1: corral their kids. Like, well, the other thing, of course, is it. That- one of the problems with ingress and in the games like it was like, if you weren't paying real money, and if you hadn't been playing since basically day one, you were never going to have a chance to do anything.
0: Yeah, I wonder I if that's going to be the case with this too. Well, because
1: you can capture stuff just as you walk around, you're not in a competition with other players, uh, you, poker stops are there for everybody, the gym stuff might eventually get very dominated by specific local players. But I don't feel like that is a make-or-break element of the game if you just enjoy finding the Pokemon and uh, wandering around and, and seeing the stuff and getting the items. The question is going to be... The longevity of the game. The longevity of the game is, is mainly going to hinge on whether they can add more Pokemon, because right now there's only 74. Yeah, they've um, a long way to go. So uh, hopefully they'll at least get the original 151 in there. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's not like they don't have more to make work with. Cute. I
0: mean, that... Eventually, I mean, even for me, you know, I've played a lot of Pokemon games. Eventually, the draw to catch them all does wane. Maybe right. not with kids, but for someone my age, like, I'm not really all that concerned about getting all of them. Right. Like, I want a game that I could actually enjoy spending time with and playing.
1: I'm interested to see and if so you. Have... I
0: wonder if this game has that in its DNA. I don't know. I don't.
1: I don't. I don't, DNA? I don't tend to get addicted to these things very, very yeah. readily. But I like the idea. We'll see if it. Holds my attention more than a week because uh, Mitomo certainly didn't. Yeah. And, I mean, Mitomo, um,
0: I played it three times and never went back.
1: And uh, It also destroyed your battery. By oh, the way. yeah. And I, ha- I mean, I had like a hundred something friends on that game, yeah. and none of them opened that app ever yeah. anymore. It's, I already deleted it off my phone. I, I should probably should. I, I, I moved it. I was going to delete it and replace it with this. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, I just moved it over. Because yeah, I, I, I spent it. a lot of time dropping those stupid pachinko things down <laughs> to get the damn ninja outfit. <laughs> yeah, Meitoma
0: was just like an experiment. Yeah, like that's pretty much all. It Which, was.
1: by the way, uh, held up on launch day much better. Oh yeah, than yeah. This one did, but of well, course it, it was, like, didn't have like near yeah. the people trying to jump in on it.
0: It'll yeah. be interesting to see everybody's. Uh response to this game, yeah. app, whatever you I would want to like call to, it on the
1: site. And, I would like to have it with me when I travel. Yeah. You know? Like, I'd like to see what, what, you know, let's see where the, the landmarks are in London. Because, like... I want to pull it out at
0: places whatever. like Coachella. Just yeah. places
1: where you'd never guess to see Pokemon. Where it's just really bizarre to see
0: them, like, in a crowded club. Like, what happens when you pull it out? Like, are, you, are like, the people dancing in front of the Pokemon? Like... No, the Pokemon's superimposed. It'll be over top. Yeah. Uh, so the AR isn't that good. No, I wouldn't say so. Gotcha.
1: I mean, if you're just looking at like, like you know, it was pretty convincing that there was a an, uh, an e cans just sitting right there. <laughs> um, and Geodude was totally in your coffee. Yeah. But um, did he actually get in the mug though? He was sitting on the
0: mug. Yeah. On the mug, okay. Because in the mug, he would be obscured by some of the mug. No, he's too big to fit in the mug, but he, oh, was, si- okay. he was sitting right <laughs> there. It's cool. Like I love the con- yeah. I've loved the concept of it ever. I mean, I just love how there's like a real thing is like a gym. And there's a real gym leader.
1: I just wish that the actual gameplay was a little more like real Pokemon. A little more involved, yeah. It's weird to me how Nintendo seems to really reserve the actual Pokemon gameplay for the handheld, handheld games. Yeah. Um, still a little the license to afraid. Print still a little afraid to really you know take that to the next level. But I have a feeling
0: if this game comes out of the gate really strong, which it already has, let's be honest. Yeah. But if it really starts to die like MitoMo has in like a month or a month and a half, it'll be interesting to see if Nintendo doesn't start to rethink uh-huh. the mechanics of the game a little bit and try to. Because there's no bit reason it
1: couldn't be. Right. That same thing. There's
0: no reason why it's not a legit Pokemon game. This yeah. AR, like I, I'm shocked that it's not. To be honest, like, it's disappointed. But, you know, that's the beauty, the good, the good side of the modern gaming market is that you can just up update stuff. Like, there's a. Dark side to that and there's a light side and this is the light side when the game isn't exactly what you want it to be and there's an opportunity for it to become what you want you want mm-hmm. it to be. So we'll see. I mean we're only two days in. Yeah. Hopefully tonight, like while we're rendering out game face or whatever, I'll be able to actually get on the thing and give it a whirl. Um but yeah, I still haven't had a chance to try it, so I'm glad you did so we could talk about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's very pleasant. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a delightful There's Matt's game eval Very pleasant little sweet tart But um, Yeah as far as longevity I don't know And uh, Hopefully it will actually work Tomorrow morning So I can uh, Go on my poker walk. Yeah Alright
0: Well let's move on To the next topic So as I said Topics are Slim To none Right yeah. now So we're playing Sleepover games Yeah so we have to get A little creative Yeah we're not going to play Spin the bottle though <laughs> <laughs>
1: We don't have a bottle.
0: We are going yeah. We are going to play a little game called Would You Rather with video games. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with this. I think millennials are probably more familiar with it than maybe people in our age bracket. I don't know. We did this when I was in elementary school. Really? Oh, yeah. We never did. It was either spin the bottle or nothing. <laughs> Whenever I was young. So we're going to play Would You Rather with video games. I think we have one, two, three, four questions we're going to to answer. Mm-hmm. And the first one is... Would you rather, Matt, have normal console cycles
1: or the new console upgrade system? Um, I might be exposing my age, but uh, I think I'd rather have my normal console cycle because I'm familiar with it and change scares me. Really? I, Is that I, the only reason why? I also don't like the idea of having to spend like 500 bucks every two years. yeah. Like there's no like, I don't mind upgrading my phone every two years, but I don't pay for that. Right. I just renew my contract and they give it to and me. And it's given to your But the PS need, I'm gonna have to pay out the ass for a PlayStation Neo. Well you don't have to. You could if keep the original Playstation Four and be fine. Sure, but I want I want to be able to do the VR and the more, you know, up to date stuff and I wanna, you know, see Neo mode on the on the games and have stuff run at a better frame rate. You know, like that's you know, I don't I'm not really all that interested in the Scorpio or whatever, but it's like the the Neo is like these are games that I can't play on my PC, yeah. you know. So like if I want to see them at a performance level that you know even roughly equates to PC, I need that Neo. Yeah. Um, and if that's just how they're gonna roll from now on, like I don't know. I mean, if, if you know, we'll see what kind of a leap the Neo and the Scorpio are over the existing consoles, I imagine they would be substantial to some, you know, at, at least in comparison. If the, if the upgrade cycle becomes like, oh, every couple of years we put out one that's a little better, but not like quite the, the, you know, these things might be a pretty big jump from like something that can't even run stuff at full 1080p to doing 4K, like that's a substantial power jump. Yeah. Um, if they start to become sort of the difference between like the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6S, well, I, I'm not going to be as tempted by that. So be like or maybe apparently I'll,
0: the iPhone 7, based upon all the rooms right. flying
1: around. So. Um, so maybe I'm like, maybe that would be, you know, I'd be kind of okay with that in the sense that, like, maybe I'd get every other one. You know, every four years, every five years, whatever. Yeah. Um but again, I don't even, you know, they're swearing up and down that this is totally not how they're planning to do things from now on. This is just what we're doing this time. Really? Is that... And a, 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 couple, a couple of them have said... Yeah, I know Sony because said, didn't Microsoft use
0: the whole, like,
1: end of generations?
0: Wasn't that yeah, the whole Yeah, but Sony,
1: Sony said something recently about how, like, oh, this doesn't mean everything's changing. It just means, like, we want to do this. And it's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've heard that one before. So uh, I think it is... A paradigm shift uh, in the truest sense of the phrase, yeah um, whether Sony's going to admit it or not yeah uh, it will be interesting to see if Nintendo follows suit when the time comes uh, I don't think they will
0: yeah
1: um, but the idea you know the idea of a console as more of a platform than an exclusive garden is going to uh, I don't know I think it'll be fine but uh, I would hope that in the future the upgrades become maybe more frequent and less dramatic so that I don't feel the need to have all of them. You know, like that I don't need every PlayStation upgrade. I can maybe hold out and just get, you know, the .5 each time or something like that. You know, I'm just... I see that and I see a lot more money being required to stay up to date. Yeah,
0: so I agree with you for different reasons. One reason is kind of similar, but the main reason is something different. So I agree. I prefer having the console generations... And the biggest reason is because I fear if you just have these small upgrades every time, there's no big story. And eventually, I fear that people will become apathetic with video games. Uh, there won't be that big launch. Uh-huh. I mean, the launch of a new console is a the big launch, deal. The investment,
1: the investment, almost like the choosing a team yeah. feeling.
0: The leap is yeah. something that you kind of mentioned. Like, I worry that these incremental little steps that they take will not convince people to engage with video game consoles anymore because it was already hard for a lot of people to see the upgrade from Mm -hmm. last gen to this gen, particularly at the early part of this gen before they were really starting to write to the metal on these consoles didn't stop people from buying them obviously but I fear that over an extended period of time, it will make people a lot less likely to be interested in game consoles. And
1: it could, an I think our point, industry
0: and yeah. in mar- the market could ultimately suffer because of it. Because there's no big, like, boom,
1: pow, yeah. here's the brand new PlayStation. Like, um, That's an interesting point, because like, what I'm talking about in terms of making it easier to pass up systems that I, so you don't have to buy them every couple of years, like by default... That will make it easier on your wallet, but like you say, it makes every console launch a non event to some yeah. degree. Like, it, it takes that specialness away from it.
0: Because it's like there aren't exclusive games that are only going to run on that hardware. Mm-hmm. Like, the mandate mm-hmm. so far has been like any game that you make for this has to play on mm-hmm. the other one. Sure, it may look a little better and run a little better, but it's still, You're still that game. you to be able is, to play it. And that's the other big part of like when they show off new consoles is like, okay, what does like. God of War look like on the new hardware, or what does Mario look like on the new Nintendo hardware? It's like Here's you question, kind of though. lose
1: all that. Do you? So, like, let's okay. Let's say the Neo comes out. You know, Neo's out. Like you know, whatever, it's fine. Anyway, when is the first Neo-only game? Right. When does that happen? Is that when do,
0: when do they finally decide to split the
1: user base? Yeah. When does that? I when, would guess
0: when sales are just rock bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. When everything's falling through the floor and they need. A bump. Is that going to happen though? Like the PlayStation Three has such a long tail on it. Yeah. Like I can I, mean, I can see the vanilla PlayStation the tail Four is still there. Yeah, I can <laughs> see the vanilla PlayStation Four going for a long time. Yeah.
0: Now. And that's again what I'm saying. Like you're losing that big story, that big impact, that mm. thing that happens that everyone pays attention to. Right. Like
1: do we hit a point where like. PlayStation games play on three separate consoles.
0: It could very well be the possible. The successor to the
1: Neo and the PlayStation yeah. Four and the Neo.
0: And then there's the whole confusion over it. Like, what's
1: the Neo? It's the PlayStation H- yeah. Four Neo. And how or is do you it number them? Neo? Like, how do you number them to kind of really indicate that this one is the is a bigger jump or a new one? Or is is there ever going to be a PlayStation Five?
0: That's what that was what I was getting at earlier. Is like, what if there's never a PlayStation Five? Like, well, they advertise the PlayStation Nine to us, damn it, and they yeah. got to get there. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny though how quickly the tables have turned. Like, it's really hard to believe how quickly it. Like, because I mean, when these consoles launched, would you have ever thought that we would not see a a Xbox One Two or a PlayStation Five? Like, no way. No. I mean, I
1: kind of, sort of felt that like Microsoft. I thought they should
0: have done it a long time ago. Yeah, I didn't think they would. I kind of sort of
1: thought that Microsoft wanted the Xbox One to sort of be the end. Like, the pinnacle, like, the thing they could just, like, lean on for Well, the nomenclature
0: for Xbox One, it right. kind of seems like this was something Microsoft was thinking about yeah. for a while.
1: Well, I also feel like, I feel like if they thought they could get away with just calling it Xbox, they would have. Yeah. Um, they pr- practically they, did. <laughs> well, they tried to, yeah. pretty much. Um, so I kind of thought, like, my, it was possible that the Xbox would go off in the sort of, like, more of a set-top box idea from here on out. I did not think Sony would go down that road. I mean, yeah. just the underpowered nature of the, these systems, the fact that I think they launched a year too early, um, and the fact that VR became... know the last gen had already gone on for like yeah. seven years. It was, it was just an awkward time. Because
0: yeah. uh, now you're seeing like the RX 480 and all these yeah. mid-range graphics cards for like 200 bucks that are yeah. like... Some of them can handle 4K. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. It's a revolution. I mean, really. one thing
0: we have to accept is the PC is always going. Oh, are going to gonna be, be ahead. Always, but it's like, just the way it is.
1: I still think that the, the consoles, these these consoles, are underpowered, even for the time they came out. Yeah. Like I know they wanted to make them affordable because the lesson of the five hundred ninety nine U S dollars uh, hung heavy in the air. Yeah. But these things are not powerful enough yeah. for what where we're going. And especially, I I think the the. The quick adoption of VR as a concept by the core gamer demographic uh, has caught them by surprise to some. I mean, I knew they they knew they were going that direction, but I don't know if they were ready for, like, how enthusiastic the embrace of it has been. And so now you have to deliver experience that was like, you know, this can't be Kinect again. It has to be on a level that, like, people are expecting it to be, and for that you're going to need some new hardware real quick. Yep. So that's where we've ended up. All right, let's move on to the next one.
0: Would you rather play the next Halo or the next Metal Gear? Who's making them? That's not part of the question.
1: Well, yeah, but that's what's going to determine my answer. Well, like,
0: you know who's making Halo. You know Konami's already on record saying that they're not going to abandon mm. Metal Gear. That's why the question is interesting. That's exactly why the, I created the question i just playing No Man's
1: Sky <laughs> Like Like I Like I don't know Like that's like Do I want to be bored Or do I want to like Be horrified Like that's, <laughs> Take your pick Let's uh I guess I'd play The new Halo I played Halo I'd play Halo Because that'll be Over faster <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith in either of those series now, just because I don't... I that's why those two games were chosen. I didn't like Halo 4, I liked Halo 5 pretty well, but it didn't hold my attention uh, very long, in part because the stuff I like to play multiplayer wasn't in the game. Yeah. Uh, and I know they added a bunch, you know, Firefights there now, and Warthogs are in and stuff, but it's, like, but it's over, it's over. It's that, was, that was November, yeah. like, the I'm done. Yeah. Over, yeah. And um, I know I'm, it kind of makes me a dick about it, but it's like. I, 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 but I mean,
0: what they're doing now is adding what a lot of people criticize the game for not having there in the first place. Like, right. If you look at my avow, I mention a lot of stuff. If like I'm going to go so. play
1: like a one-off like multiplayer shooter right now, it's either going to be Overwatch or Battlefront.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, usually Overwatch. Yeah. And. Um, but Metal Gear would just like make me sad and confused because like God knows what Kojima, Konami would do to that with Kojima not around. What well, Konami's so, going to do to it. Yeah. I mean it's not coming well, I mean, years from now. I I hope that comes out in the same year as Death Stranding. Yeah, that just, wouldn't that be classic. That just that just showdown. Just just like yeah. Well, same day even. My pick is Metal Gear a
0: thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because we know what we're gonna get with Halo. It's gonna be a pretty darn good first person shooter mm-hmm. with a multiplayer that, you know, maybe They changed the multiplayer enough that I actually stick around longer than a week or two, which is basically how long I've played multiplayer on Halo 4 and 5. Um, But otherwise, it's pretty much a known quantity. We've had two games from 343 at this point. We know what we're going to get with those guys. We know what kind of games they like to create and design. The brand new Metal Gear is a total wild card. Like, There's already been rumors swirling that Konami has tried to recruit developers to create the game. we, like you said, to your point, we don't really know who's going to make the next Mm -hmm. Metal Gear. It could very well farm it out to Naughty Dog. Who knows? Like, there's no way of knowing. But no matter what, no matter who develops it. The return of Dennis (laughs) Dyack. Seriously. It could be. We don't know. Konami could. He made one before. Right. Konami could build a team in-house and be like, here's the new Metal Gear team. Like, no matter who makes it. I cannot wait to play it. Like, I, I hope to God nothing ever happens if Kojima comes back and makes Metal Gear. I want to see a Metal Gear not made by him just to see what becomes of it. It could be a total train wreck. It could finally be the Metal Gear that I've wanted all this time. You just never know. Like, to me, the intrigue for Metal Gear, the next Metal Gear, is way too high to be able to say Halo <laughs> for me personally. Like... It's just it's like a car crash like I won't be able to look away like I, I I'm more I am more excited to play the next Metal Gear than the next Halo by a wide margin no matter who makes it
1: I mean I kind of for me both of those series are kind of over yeah yeah they um, are yeah that's again why they were chosen for this but uh, like I I'm kind of more willing to give a new Halo a chance yeah. to entertain me. Uh, especially in a, in a post-DOOM world, where I'm just yeah. like, hey, there's life in these things if you make them right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I absolutely different. believe that a Halo could come out that's like, wow, this reinvigorates how I feel about Halo. Yeah, Do I think sure. it's going to happen? Mm, probably not. Based upon the progression
0: from Halo 4 to Halo 5, it was really disappointing, yeah. by the way. I really thought 343, you know, with, the first, with Halo 4, was finding its footing, it was just like, look, let's just not screw up a Halo game Yeah. Then I played Halo Five, and I realized no, they actually made the game they wanted to make with Halo Four. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere somewhere in again.
1: (laughs) Somewhere in three, four. Someone in that company thinks the Prometheans are fun to fight against, and I don't know who that is or what they have on everyone else in that company, but they need they need to have a conversation with them.
0: Well, you see, like God, the new God of War. Like you see that there are old franchises that you become tired of that can be changed to make you interested in them mm-hmm. again. It is totally possible. But 343s had two shots at this, and neither one to me have been especially encouraging. They're solid games. Yeah. But,
1: but that's not what you expect uh, from Halo. But they
0: don't have the fire that like 2 and 3 did. Nope, or the spark either. So, yeah. all right, let's move on to the next one. I like this topic. This is fun. Hmm. Um, would you rather... And Maybe you kind of answered this maybe a little earlier. Mm. Would you rather... Have one definitive VR platform or multiple head-mounted displays?
1: Uh, well, it's an impossibility, but I would prefer one, yeah, definitive one, just because uh, maybe at different. But if price you had points, one, maybe
0: you don't have the Vive. You only have the Oculus, or you only have PlayStation VR.
1: Yeah. Well, what if that's the definitive one I would want? Would be something with Room Space. Yeah. Or maybe, I, th- maybe I think maybe I think they should all have Room Space. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, you know. In a lot of ways, uh, Oculus... There's been a lot of
0: debate about this lately, because yeah. Valve has said, like, you know, we shouldn't have exclusive games to mm. one platform, and then Oculus is like... Well, it's easy like... for the
1: guy, who has, the guy who makes the headset to kind of do more. Right. Say. You know, and then like...
0: Oculus is like, oh, no, we should have exclusive games, and they had the whole DRM fiasco that's mm. now kind of been resolved. Which
1: is, I mean... Right call not doing that because it's like it's not like I, it's not like I have games that are exclusive to my you know Nvidia card or my Intel processor like that's not yeah. how PC gaming works yeah so I, I was shocked that they even tried to go for that like well, that was, outsiders yeah but it's like mm, not 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 a good look yeah not well then their DRM
0: look. was beaten in like a day anyway right so
1: I mean yeah. <laughs> Revive was a is a is a solid workaround, but it's like now you don't have to do that as you know, it's, it's it's just like, yes, okay, we recognize where we are and it's time to go there. So the only the only odd man out is really PlayStation VR. Um which again, if you use all three of those headsets in the space of like six hours, yeah. like you are going to notice that PlayStation oh. VR is not on the I mean, level I've been saying it too. all along. You have, but it's like it's and it's like again, if you never use it's anything other than VR. The, it is, but yeah. if you never use anything other than the PlayStation VR, you're probably not gonna have a you're not gonna be like oh my god, this looks like crap because it yeah. doesn't. Uh, it's also the most comfortable of the three. It is. But um, if you play with all of them in the space of a day, you'll be like wow, like oh, this thing looks markedly less. It's not even just
0: how it looks. It's just the interactivity of the yeah. games because it doesn't have it's room stiffer, space. VR. It's stiffer. yeah.
1: And neither does Oculus, but it's like there's a little more fluidity to what you do in, the, in Oculus with the motion controllers than with the Move. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying cancel your pre-order. Um, I'm just saying you get what you paid for with these things. But the PlayStation VR is going to have experiences that you can't have on the other two because... It is Sony and on PlayStation, and on one hand, like I'm, I'm happy to you know have a PlayStation VR in addition to the Vive, so I can have the different things to play with in that regard. Because I want to. Think you play. ever get an
0: Oculus? Now they have Vive and PSVR.
1: I see no reason to. Yeah. Once uh, you have an,
0: once you have Vive, there's really no reason to own an Oculus no, after that. Not at None. All. Not None. It's a superior all. technology, and it'll play all the Oculus games. Yep. No reason. Yep. Nope.
1: So PlayStation VR, I do be. I mean, it would be super cool
0: exclusive games if I could play the
1: exclusive VR. PSVR stuff on the Vive. Yeah, but that's never if I can't, you know, again, it's the same situation as the console thing. It's like yeah. I will have a PC and I will have a PlayStation. Yeah, because Sony makes stuff that I refuse to pass up.
0: Okay, I would rather have multiple headsets,
1: um, purely because if you look at
0: the market already. The three do, I mean, look, Oculus and Vive are pretty close, but they do kind of have characteristics that are unique to each one. And PlayStation VR is on the whole other end of the spectrum. So what you're getting is you're getting a wider variety of software because each head-mounted display has things that it's really good at and better at than the other ones. And the developers, not so much now, but eventually will play to those strengths. And you'll start getting different kinds of experiences. Like, I'm guessing... A lot of PlayStation VR games are going to be games where you just kind of sit there and you aren't very active right. and you're like a passive participant in stuff, which is fine. Like I've talked about, like the kitchen demo. Yeah, if you use
1: it right way, One the of right the best way, VR
0: demos I ever had, and I couldn't move. I had to sit in a chair. I was like tied to a chair, and it was <laughs> petrifying. So there are strengths and weaknesses for each, but I feel like if you just have one, you're not going to really push those boundaries of what a medium can do. And so... I feel like it'd be better if we do have different ones. And there's more coming. Like, there's, like, oh, five yeah. other head-mounted displays that are in development right now and on the way. Um, one thing I would say about having that many... And I,
1: I guarantee you'll see a new Rift and a new vibe within two years.
0: I don't know if it'll be that quick. Because, man, they put, put a lot of money into these things, like, and they need to build their consumer base. And, I mean, I'm assuming they'll be backwards compatible. At least yeah, for sure. They'd be idiots if they weren't. But,
1: but I think be, two years be, might be a little early. I think you'll be replacing these things every two years if,
0: if Sony expects people to replace PlayStation VR in two years, they're going to have a mutiny on their hands. People will freak
1: out because Sony one thing probably I will say Sony probably be slower, but the high end stuff, I think you'll be seeing, you know, not that like oh your Vive is obsolete, but I think you know, like the, like the incremental upgrade thing is going to apply to this too.
0: And the one thing I would say is that, like you said, playing like all of them in succession at E three or at another trade show is, I don't think PlayStation VR is worth four hundred dollars, like. The technology that's in it compared to what you mm. get on Oculus for an extra two hundred bucks, like I feel like PlayStation VR is overpriced. And so I think if
1: if it's the only option you have for VR, yeah, go for it. Yeah, but if you can, if you have a, if you have the money, you can put into a PC that can do the Rift properly. I'd say do that instead, unless PlayStation VR ends up with some stuff that's really compelling on the exclusive front, which yeah. is possible because it's Sony. Yeah, you know they they have some some crazy good people working in there.
0: Star Breeze is working on a new HMD. Nintendo says they're starting to dip its toes into VR a little bit. Who knows if Nintendo will have a head-mounted display in the next two or three years for NX. Who knows? But I just think, in general, having the different styles... And look, then we're going to get Magic Leap and all these AR Mm -hmm. things that are coming on. So I just think the more variety, the better. I think... There might be consumer confusion, and the, the market yeah. might get a little too crowded, and things might get a little cloudy for the average Joe. I think as
1: long as I mean, I guess I should say more like if there's as long as there's more of a I don't know if I care about a single platform so much as a unified spread. Like you know, if like I I hope that there will be a minimal amount of like oh I bought this one headset, so I can't play this. Other thing, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Like I want, I at, at the very you know, I don't know, I don't care so much about only being one headset, but as as much as like, you only have to buy one to play all the to games. play all the game. Like you know, if the competition among all the headsets is great. Um, you know, in terms of advancing what the design looks like, advancing the the comfort factor, advancing like the bells and whistles, what what have you, as things move along. Uh, a, a more affordable version that people can have on, like, a PC platform. You know, I'm sure that'll come along, something more akin to the PlayStation VR. Um, but, like, I want, you know, I guess parity is what I'd say. I'd want, like, I don't want someone to have to spend, like, a thousand dollars to play all the VR stuff they yeah. want to play because they need, like, this headset to do this, and I need this headset to do that, and I need, the, you know, like, I, I hope they they try to make it as accessible as possible For the people who are willing to throw what is not an insignificant chunk of change at this. Hell All right, let's move
0: on to the last one. This is a fun one. Would you rather have Sony and Microsoft unite or Sony and Nintendo?
1: Oof. I would rather see Sony and Nintendo. Interesting. How come? Uh, Well, because... It was going to happen at one time. <laughs> That's why we have a PlayStation. Yeah, because they uh, they dick Sony over. Yeah, um, and like I just think they're the game companies. You know, like in, I mean, I know Sony's a big hardware maker and a TV, Columbia Pictures, et cetera, But like those two companies get gaming uh, better than the modern version of Microsoft, I would say. And I would be pre interested to see what those two companies working together could come up with. Sony's a very forward thinking company. Nintendo's a very, uh, it has to be fun first company. And I think if you put those mentality, if you can like synthesize those two mentality, mentalities together, you would get some pretty special stuff, I think. Okay.
0: I'm going to choose Sony and Microsoft because I feel like their businesses are more closely aligned with each other. And I feel like mixing Nintendo with any of those, either of those companies would be a terrible idea because. First of all, it's never going to happen. But right. second of all, Nintendo needs to be allowed to do whatever the hell it wants. It, you know, you could say, oh, well, Nintendo might be the domineering partner in that partnership with Sony or a partnership with Microsoft. But at the end of the day, no matter what, Nintendo will have to make sacrifices and concessions for whoever it partners with. And I think that that's a terrible idea say what you want about Nintendo's products, you know, we're looking at the Wii U right now, the miserable failure that it is, but it actually does try to do new stuff other than just make another console with a better GPU and a better CPU in it. It actually tries to push the boundaries of how you interact with games a lot more than Microsoft and Sony. So, Microsoft and Sony are run in the same race, I guess is the best way to put it. And if you put them together Like, they form into Voltron. You put together, like, Nintendo and one of those things, it's like Frankenstein. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, and I just think it would be to the detriment of both sides. Like, I I don't think it would be good for Microsoft or Sony to partner with Nintendo, other than getting, like, Nintendo's Mario and Zelda games on their platform to sell more software. Creatively, I don't think it makes any sense. I think Nintendo is always going to be better off on its own. And I think both Microsoft and Sony would be better off without Nintendo. So I feel like the better connection there is Sony and Microsoft and man, if they really were to join forces, imagine what they could do.
1: That would be one terrible OS on a lot of overpriced hardware.
0: <laughs> I don't think... It would be to the detriment of either one of them. Though.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's the other way around. I, th- I think Sony Microsoft would be the Frankenstein and Sony Nintendo would be the Voltron. But
0: think about this. So, Sony's problem right now, and we'll actually talk about this a little bit later in the show, but Sony's problem right now is it's looking at Microsoft. And, uh, you know, the last Pactor Factor was amazing. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched it or not, but some of the stuff that Pactor says in that show is really smart. Like, when he starts talking about everyone's freaking out. Oh, Mike, and I read, I saw this on every podcast this week. Everybody's like, "Well, why is Microsoft doing the Play Anywhere thing? Like, they'll never sell any Xboxes, and pe- they're totally missing the point. It doesn't matter. Microsoft doesn't want to sell Xboxes. Like, why would it want to sell something that it loses money on if it could make the same amount of money or more without having to fiddle with any of that crap?" Like,
1: just like we said before, like, "They just want you in their environment, ecosystem. Yeah, that's ecosystem. it."
0: And that's where, why I think Microsoft and Sony are great because Sony has a problem with what Microsoft is doing because Microsoft has the operating system for PC so that it has more flexibility in its strategy. Like Sony, for better or worse, is locked into
1: consoles. Okay, Sony's got to get you to buy a PlayStation.
0: Yeah, it always is going to have to. It doesn't have, there's no other way for it to go other than like streaming, like it's doing with PlayStation Now. That's its alternative, but we all know how that's worked so far. It could get better, ultimately. It might be worthwhile, but right now, it's it's not really worthwhile. And so Microsoft has the out. It has a way to spread its business and make its business more diverse. Sony is just locked into, I mean, what we're really discovering is this ancient, like, system of launch a console, launch games just for that console. And so... I feel like as far as puzzle pieces are concerned, Microsoft and Sony fit together much better. It provides an outlet for Sony to get all its stuff onto PC if that's what it wants to do, sell double the software that it has been. Microsoft is smart. It's figured out, like, why are we so concerned about selling these PCs in a box that we lose money on every single one of for no reason? When we can move people to PC, get rid of all that hassle, all that R&D, all that crap that we've been dealing with for the last 10 plus years
1: yeah, and just well, sell more software well from a business standpoint yeah you're right like that would be the best synergy in terms of but the question was would i rather right and, right and i think sony and nintendo would give us some amazing games yeah i'm not a microsoft or a sony shareholder so i don't care how much money they make on the market. Yeah, i don't either i want to see what, but what see, you I... make when you put those two philosophies together because before when they did that they gave us the sony the super nintendo sound chips yeah and they gave us the PlayStation 1, yeah. and that worked out pretty well.
0: Well, the PlayStation 1 was actually Sony all on its own.
1: Yeah, but they were like, that was supposed to be the next Nintendo system. Right,
0: but Nintendo didn't want to go to CDs, and mm-hmm. so Which makes was... you wonder
1: why they were even talking yeah. to them. So, yeah. um, well, know, I know we... why.
0: Sony wanted to get into the games business, right. and so they figured we'll partner up with the biggest games company at the time.
1: Right, and, but then Nintendo's like, oh, we don't like this idea. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Oops. I mean, and then they did—they did a very similar thing on a smaller scale with Skylanders years later. But uh, Nintendo, Nintendo does, has a hard time looking forward. That's the, that's kind of my reasoning for Sony on that. Is like I feel like Sony would—you know—you if you put Sony kind of in charge of the hardware and sort of the 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 roadmap, and just let Nintendo make games. Um, I think you would end up with some very compelling software for the first time in a while from that company, <laughs> frankly. I'd agree, but I
0: don't, I don't want to see Nintendo working on software with anyone or hardware with anyone. Well,
1: I don't, I don't think you need to worry. Yeah. Oh, it's never going to happen. But it's a
0: fun thing to discuss. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I like how both of us had different perspectives that both are, could to- that totally makes sense and could be believable and viable. So, I really like this topic. We're moving on, but I really liked Would You Rather. I thought it might be corny at first, but I thought it actually generated some really good discussion. So, we might do that one again when we have another slow week. Now, let's talk about Fury.
1: Fury. Fury.
0: This game got a lot of buzz on Sifted. A lot of indie games, you know. We at the last
1: minute, I'd never heard of this before, like a week and oh, a half really? ago. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about this one.
0: Yeah, we had. Uh, they didn't promote the hell out of it with trailers. Like there was literally, before it launched, probably three trailers total for mm. the game. Um, and a lot of indie games get lost in the shuffle on Sifted because we put we curate so much content every day that a lot of people don't even bother making it all the way to the, the end of their sift. And a lot of times. It, most people's ends of their sifts are just indie games, buried indie games. So this one somehow managed to rise above the other ones, like the debut trailer for it. Like people actually made it to the bottom of their sift and found it and really liked it. Generally a lot a lot of discussion, and so therefore it convinced us that the next time a piece of content for Fury came in, we rated it a little higher, and then it bounced up and everyone sifts a little bit until ultimately most of the people who came to the site were kind of turned on to this game and excited by it. So, I haven't played this either. Again, I've been playing the Technomancer. Matt, what are your initial impressions of this game? Free, a, free for a PlayStation Free for PlayStation, Plus, PlayStation Plus.
1: It's a good price.
0: But there's lots of people um, who have Xboxes out there who aren't getting it for free PC. and they want to know. Is it on PC? Uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know either. Um, I played, I played PlayStation. No, it is for PC. It is? It okay. is, yeah. Played PlayStation 4. I got it for free from PlayStation Plus. Um... I would describe it as Hyperlight Drifter meets near. Okay. Um in the sense that like- Do explain. The, uh, the combat reminds me of, I mean, it's not, it's deeper than Hyperlight Drifter, but like- the sort of uh, emphasis on sword play and dashing is very much uh, similar to, to how Hyper Light Drifter worked. No, it's a boss rush game, right? The it's boss pretty much game, just one boss after another. Yeah. With, what's in between the bosses? Walking. That's it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll get like look for like you know, I look for like collectibles or whatever. no, like you walk like a slow bastard like <laughs> between the, and it, and to the point that if you push the direction you're supposed to go or press like the X button. Your character will just walk to the next boss. Like you oh, don't have to that? touch. You don't have to touch <laughs> anything. Like he just walks slowly. So it's basically,
0: just like sightseeing. And it
1: takes a long time uh, because. Like, oh really? Well, because here's the thing: the 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 character designer, I think it is, is the guy who did Afro Samurai, uh, which you would know in five seconds because a everybody has that kind of style to them. Uh-huh. Uh that's sort of like you know exaggerated anime, like you know the crazy hair and the and the flowing robes and, and the you know and and here's the thing: the main guy is a silent swordsman and then his the guy who like pops up and talks all the time is like this crazy weird dude who teleports from place to place in like a bear suit or something and he's just like the guy who would, you know, narrate everything in Samurai. I mean, right. it is Afro-Samurai. The, like, the, the narrative delivery system is exactly the same. Which, you know, and so, like, you, like, Afro-Samurai is about the only good part of Afro-Samurai. So. Right. <laughs> uh, so you press the button, and he slowly walks to the next area, and the the, the guy in the, the outfit, or I think it's a bear, I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention. Um, <laughs> he, he, like, he he pops from place to place and, like, kind of fills you, uh, give, tells you stuff, because you're, you're a prisoner, in this like weird prison, like monstrous like Facility. space space prison or something, yeah. and you kill your, you get you this the the weird guy lets you out and you kill your jailer in the first boss fight, and then like from there on he's like oh we got a lot of stuff to do and I'm gonna tell you about these next person you're gonna fight and like what well, you know you kind of start to piece together basically that like you're not a very nice person right uh, but no one at this prison seems to be and so like they slow I'm I'm three bosses in okay I think there's uh, just-
0: Ten total, nine. Maybe
1: total? I don't. I mean, I'm. i I'm not even halfway through. I think because uh, let me say this game's hard. Is it? Like <laughs> most boss rush games are. Yeah, but this, this all one... they got,
0: so they got to make the bosses like hardest boss. Right.
1: So and it's but it's interesting the way it works because like, um, like there's a lot to it, and it doesn't tell you it straight out. Like it's it doesn't like lay everything out. You kind of have to. You, it tells you the basic stuff you can do, and then you sort of figure out how the, how the system works on on your own. So, like, you can see here, like, this is the second boss we're looking at right here. So, um, uh, you have, you see the, uh, the, the life things up in the corner? Yeah. So, your life is up in the upper left corner, and all those little squares are a life bar, a full life bar, like, up top there. Okay. And if you run out of that life, so each boss has, like, a bunch of different phases. And to get, finish a phase, you knock them, down, like that, you knock them down... Their life down, and you do like a little finishing thing, and then you move on to the next phase. If you run out of life bar during a phase, you fall over, and they usually make fun of you, and then you have to start that whole phase over again. Uh, what get, are the, the
0: other smaller where? bars underneath?
1: Those are the individual life bars. Okay, gotcha. So, you, like, got so each, that's a whole life. Indi- yeah, within, yeah, each within each life, right. you have the top bar. Right. Gotcha. gotcha. But if you can beat uh, a phase, you get that life bar back. Okay. So you can make up lost ground if you do lose a, lose a bar. A, so, and some of their attacks, like you're talking like you can take three hits. Oh,
0: wow. Maybe.
1: And some of them, you know, you can... That sounds like Technomancer. So, so, you've, got, <laughs> so you've got a parry, uh, which you have to parry. You cannot block. You uh-huh. have to parry. They will, will hit you through it. But if you parry, it glows green, and you can usually counterattack. Okay. Um, you have a dash, which is invincible and chargeable. So the longer you charge, the further you move. You have... Is that the
0: recharge, or can you dash at will? You well? can dash
1: one after the other, okay. but there is like a, a split second of cool down. Of cool down not cooldown, but it's like you can't press the button again that fast, and if you dash into a bullet, you get hit. Gotcha. Um, and you have your gun, which you saw like the pistol he's shooting, yeah. and then this is how each phase with the boss ends. So once you get their like, main life down, you go into this sort of close-up duel situation, and if you can survive this and get, get their red life down... To nothing you win the phase and then you move on to the next phase so and then so you have the, the sword you have like a, a charge attack with the sword you have there you see that phase just got finished there yeah uh, and then you have your pistol and you have a charged shot um, and you can you, you have to figure out how to use all of these things to get through each situation and it's kind of equal parts, like, crazy, like, melee combat and, like, bullet hell shooter. No oh, wow. Um, so you can use your gun to shoot a lot of the projectiles I sent at you. Some some of the projectiles are green. If you shoot those, it reveals a life up. So if you can dash your way through there and right. get the life back that way, that'll work that way. Um, and each boss kind of has a different gimmick. So the first guy is just more of a straight fight. The second boss you'll see, you saw there was, like, she's in a maze. And like there's a lot, you know, and the maze continually grows back, so like she's using a lot of like powerful beam weapons that you kind of have to like use take walls, cover from and yeah. these walls. And then like, and get around behind her or whatever, you know, and then, but every phase evolves beyond, and then the third boss is like this old man who controls time, so like there's a lot of freezing time and like, and he moves much faster than you can because he controls time, so like he can kind of teleport between places and that, and I, that, it took me forever to be, I mean, you you mess up once on some of this, and it's like oh, do the whole thing again, you know. And like, it's are it, you enjoying it? Yeah, like and like <laughs> it's that was the best yeah ever. Like, <laughs> it feels like I should be frustrated and annoyed with it, but I'm not. And that it's was like funny. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time because every time I fail, I learn something. Yeah. So like, no, that's it, the key, it's, right? Yeah. And so, and then, like, the, it's the guy after is, like, kind of a close-up swordsman, like, you know, so everything's very different, every phase is very different, and even when the phases are similar, they're changing something up There's like, oh, I gotta do, do a totally different strategy, even, even though it's the same, you know, the, the guy's in the middle and he's sending out waves of things I have to dash to avoid, oh, but it's totally different in the way it's approaching that, so now you have to totally change, you, you just, no strategy works, works twice. Against okay. any boss. Are there a score? Is there a score in the game, or do they no, time you or anything? No, not that I. I mean, maybe there's like a mode like that after, but like at this point, it's just like survive. Yeah, just win. That's the only, the only criteria so far.
0: Now, obviously, you got this for free on PSN. Yeah, assuming I believe it is right that there's like nine or ten bosses. Assuming that's the length of the game, how much would you be willing to pay for this game, Matt?
1: Um, I'd probably pay fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a fair fifteen dollar game. I think it's actually 25 Oh my gosh. Um, but I would pay 15 to
0: 24 Ooh, $25. Uh, that's what I read. I guess Inside was 20 bucks for three yeah. hours. It's been interesting to see... Uh, you will
1: not beat this in three hours, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is a game that's going to take you well, not because it's long, but because you're going to have to get real good. Um, if you if you love kind of the Dark Souls stuff or the Ninja Gaiden-style combat, like yeah. this is, this is something you're going to dig, I think.
0: It's been interesting. This is totally on a tangent. Yeah,
1: PlayStation Plus, like, download it now. Oh, like, yeah. Don't it's, even... like, the best, probably one of the
0: best PlayStation Plus games ever, I would
1: say. it's. I mean, it's, at least since they kind of switched PlayStation Plus' free stuff to becoming um, more of a uh, standard indie game outlet, like, it is uh, definitely one of the best offerings in the last year, I would say.
0: It's been, and this is totally on a tangent, but it's been interesting to watch the reaction to Inside this week. A uh, three-hour indie game that's $20. Um, you know, we first... You know, I shared my experiences with the game last week on the show. Mm-hmm. And then we had someone else who was writing the game eval, Dave Lekevich. And uh, I think it came in around a 5.5 on our scale, which for an indie game is pretty high. Like, I think we have, like, one other indie game that maybe scored higher than that one. I think that was King's Quest. It got, like, a 5.8 or something like that. Because our, our... Scale isn't kind because generally the length is short. There's not a lot of connectivity in a lot of indie games, so usually they kind of end up with lower scores. So I ended up with a 5.5, and I was like, oh, you know, I enjoyed that game. 5.5, you know, it was his evaluation, and I'm, you know, we try not to meddle too much with scores. Uh, What we do whenever we look at scores from freelancers is we try to look at our other game evals, and make sure that there isn't something out of step. We were like, wait a minute, you gave this game this in this category, but this other game clearly is superior than that, and it has a lower score. We try to avoid that stuff. But generally with our freelancers, we try to let their opinion be as it were. And so I saw that, and I was like, hmm, maybe that's a little low. But then the other the reviews started coming out this week. Like, a couple sites had gushed over that game last week. And, uh, and I kind of did on our show. But now the reviews coming out for Inside this week have been far more critical. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people are like, I don't get it. Like, (laughs) I feel like the same three puzzles were used over and over again. So it's just interesting to see how perspectives on things can change. I found it a refreshing experience from what I had been playing. A lot like Limbo, but we hadn't played Limbo for like six years. So a lot of people have been a lot less forgiving on it. So it'll be interesting to see how Fury shakes out. The, it's it's difficult to review these games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the bottom line. When you're paying 20 dollars, oh, I'd hate
1: to review this game because like I don't know how long it would take me to get through it. Right. Like, yeah. It like, is a game I'm going to come back to periodically when I feel like just you know throwing myself against a wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is something you know that's you know that's, I can
0: see some of the schmutt bullet hell stuff you're talking about with
1: this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is the close-up yeah. So this is like a whole different. You know, the, the previous bosses have mostly been distant stuff that you then have to close close in on. Yeah. And this guy is like, this guy fights close, and like, yeah. so you have to, suddenly you have to like really hone your parrying and really hone your dodging in a way that just you didn't have to in the other bosses. So like, it's the one thing is even though it is a boss rush, it does a really good job of continually challenging you in different ways.
0: I love the art style of this game, but. The game looks really empty. <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
0: Like, I love the characters and I love the colors and the shades, but, like, most of it's just like a big empty arena. I feel like it loses mm. out a little well, bit on Well, its, There's its a potential. lot of
1: backstory that's slowly delivered to you over the course of, you know, so far at least. Um, so it feels like there's, like, some real world building here, but yeah, there's not. The environments are battle arenas and not much more. You're right. Um, I don't really mind that because the last thing on my mind when I'm doing this is uh, you know, <laughs> How where, where, the why there's looks. no trees but like you know, <laughs>
0: or other yeah, obstacles
1: but, to avoid. But you ain't wrong. Yeah,
0: but it so, looks really plain, yeah. but I do love the art style. Um, certainly, it's a much better game than Afro Samurai.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, they're probably not going to refund everyone's money and erase it from existence. I would think. <laughs> well, then
0: they gave this one away
1: for free, so yeah.
0: to a lot of people. So. Alright, it's time to move on. I don't want to spend too much time on indie games. Sometimes we lose viewers when we talk too much about the smaller games. Uh, another fun topic, the next one. This one is called Make the Franchise Great Again. Hmm. And it took everything I had to not create a really funny, corny Donald Trump graphic for this to pop <laughs> up on screen. But I try to stay out of politics as much as possible in my life and on the website. So... It's just a fun title, no fun graphic. Some people take that stuff personally, even though we'd just be doing it for fun. So this topic is all about finding a franchise that we feel like has lost its way or is possibly dying, and then we try to find ways to revive it, make it relevant again. So, Matt, what yeah. franchise are you going to make great again?
1: Well, the argument could be made as to whether it was ever great. Um, or that it's not great anymore because I think you know you either love it or you hate it. But my pick would be Dynasty Warriors.
0: I think that's a good pick um,
1: because this. Although
0: I've, I'm I'm in the camp of it was never great. Yeah,
1: I'm, I don't I don't think you're wrong necessarily. <laughs> I mean, as someone who put fifty five hours in a Dynasty Warriors Gundam and doesn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes you just need a mindless game. I guess. Yeah. But and my, that is that's a good way to describe these games. They're mindless. But They're a good my way to thing just is like time. these games have really not evolved. With as, things, as time has gone on, yeah, I played and the third
0: one. I actually played the first three in full, and then I got to the fourth one. I didn't have well, to play it for review. The fir-
1: as in, like two, three, four, or one, two, three?
0: Like the first three games I played. Because the first first game was a fighting game, right?
1: No, which, I played which the, was not part of this series. So their number is like no, one behind counting, all this. I wasn't counting
0: that. I'm playing the first three Muso games, so okay. to speak. So, so you've basically played them all.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, once I got to the third one, yeah. I realized
0: I had played them all.
1: And I've gone back and played, a, you know, everyone's and, like, you know, there's little tweaks here and there. But was, like, the thing is, I think, and I'm very specifically talking about um, the Empires uh, spinoff series, where they kind of take all the assets from whatever the yeah, latest yeah. one was and sort of turn into, like, it's supposed to be more of a strategy-driven thing, yeah. but it's not. It's, it's really it's not. not it's, yeah, it's just the same it's damn game, so remixed. I would really love to see Dynasty Warriors kind of take a more active approach to the, the strategy idea, to the battle, like, kind of, you know, the, the, the tide tipping one way or the other. I would like to see them add some depth to the combat. Like, I know part of the appeal is just the brainless stuff, but I think, like, playing for honor at E3 really made me think, like, man, if Dynasty Warriors was more like this, maybe not this far in that direction, but if it was more like a, hey, each battle is is, you know, a real combat when you meet a lieutenant or a general... And not just in the sense of, like, well, you gotta use your seven hit combo 40 times to beat him, which yeah. is more like the, the, you know.
0: Cause that was one of like the new features that eventually came online for this game was like having the lieutenants. You right. weren't just hacking and slashing drones anymore. Like there's this bigger dude on the battlefield, but there was nothing. But they're not any
1: smarter or yeah, any better, and the fight isn't any more about the no.
0: It's just like, now I just gotta hack this guy like 80 times instead of 8 times.
1: So I would like to see that maybe like a little more involved multiplayer, like, you know, co-op kind of situation where, you know, you really do have to. I mean, almost like a League of Legends idea, where it's like the team's got to work together to to win this fight, and if, you know, you can lose because someone's not holding their end of the bargain up, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I would basically want to make it more of a more of a tactical game and more of a game that requires skill rather than just time.
0: You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see a western developer tackle this genre. Yeah. I guess I mean that's kind of what we're getting with For Honor.
1: Yeah, I mean For Honor doesn't have the mindless like kind of you know, there's a there's a there's a sense
0: <laughs> It's just so funny watching the footage. And this yeah. is Dynasty Warriors 8 by the way. Like this, this the is the latest like, one? the latest game. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't have... I couldn't have told you.
0: Oh yeah, cuz it all looks the same. Like this is so funny watching like 50 dudes all flinch at the same time. Like there's a unit yeah. commander. I haven't
1: played the Dynasty Warriors I I played every once in a while. If I'm gonna play a Musou game, I will probably play Samurai Warriors because I think Japanese history is more interesting in yeah. that regard. Um, so run, you
0: actually pay attention to what people are saying in these games. Yeah, like I I, <laughs> I, I, I know not. more about that.
1: <laughs> um, but like uh, I mean, not to disparage Cow P, but uh, it was my favorite my favorite name in the Dynasty Warriors series because that that man just you've overcome some hardships if you grow up with that name. <laughs> I know that it doesn't mean the same thing in, in Chinese, but um <laughs> I still find it funny cuz I'm a child. Um <laughs> so but yeah, I think if you if you really kind of came at this, maybe made it a different I mean, I'm not saying Dynasty Warriors 9 should be this, but like I think there's room for making Empires a more involved and interesting and skill-driven game. Uh, which I think would bring people like me certainly back into the fold—not to the main series, but it would give me a reason to engage with the Muso stuff again, which I you know I don't see happening in the in the near future.
0: Should do you think that maybe they should just make these games more like an RPG, like Dragon maybe. Quest, Heroes, like maybe. It's basically like this, but it's it has like RPG elements where you gradually like increase
1: your attributes and. things I mean, they, they like that, do have that in these. At this yeah, point. I mean, you can level up your weapons or like. But your, it's not, and stuff like that. But it's not like
0: you get like new attacks and like spells and things like that as you go in Dragon Quest Heroes. It feels yeah. more RPG-ish.
1: This just there's feels a lot like, of room for more more emphasis on character growth. Yeah. You know? uh, I feel like that would be a good step for it. It would be nice. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of really obvious ways you could improve this game. They just don't care. Yeah. To do it because they make yeah. money no matter what they do. Right. You would uh, think eventually that gravy train would run out, though. No, there's a whole. I mean, there's the whole conspiracy theory about how that works, which which we had a couple of experiences that back up. Yeah. Back in the day, that like basically. These you know, there's sort of a cadre of like kind of the whole organized crime yakuza thing that like they support a lot of traditional sort of what we would think of as conservative values and yes. and this is sort of like, you know, this like great nationalistic sort of pride thing is like they support the Muso games and if you run a retail store in certain areas of Tokyo, you are expected to order your requisite number of Musou titles. Yep. And uh <laughs> that's how it works. That's just how it goes. So, so There's what- also
0: some shady stuff that like in the early days of this franchise where like Koei own the rights to like produce CDs for the longest time, mm. and they would like basically roll in like deals. Like, if you want your CDs pressed, you need to buy X amount of copies of our games, or we won't like press your like. There's definitely shady stuff going yeah, on. There's a range. lot of
1: weird things happening. It's there. like
0: if you hang out in Japan with game developers for like more than a couple days. Like, going there and just seeing somebody at TGS is one thing, but if you go there and like spend like a week or two. The stories they will tell you will blow your mind. Yeah. Like oh, after
1: a night the, of drinking, where you, someone will say, "All right, uh, this can never be repeated in yeah. the press," <laughs> but and, you're, and, and you and know. you will hear things that yeah. you're just like, "What?" You know, yeah, like, like are, the very crazy. young video
0: game industry in Japan was shady yeah. as crap. There you, was, can, you can tell a little bit of that kinds.
1: by like when you look at like you know there's sites that like or you've seen on forums where people like. Here's all the movie posters that they stole all the box art from, yeah. and, 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 you know, like, yeah, or all the or all the songs in like the old eight bit games. They're just like, yeah, these are just like they just made eight bit versions of like Journey songs, yeah, so yeah, you know, like Mega Man. All the Mega Man games basically stole music. All the Street Fighter music is stolen. Like it's, I think it's production
0: ridiculous. values might be the biggest help to that franchise. To be honest, Maybe. I mean, it is just bottom of the barrel fidelity.
1: Mm. And I get
0: it. There's a hundred guys on screen, but with the power of the machines that they have now, there's no
1: excuse for that. I mean, that's no like, that's, excuse for like fifty that, guys to like do this at the. Speed that's time. the Japanese equivalent of like the Gamebryo engine at this yeah. point. it's just like, come on, like this, and it's like. Look at the ground textures. Like, this is, and it's like, aren't those basically the same maps we've been playing on since the PlayStation Two? Yeah. I mean, they're all the same battles. Yeah, obviously, they are. Yeah, but they don't all have to be the same. You know, everything. Yeah.
0: So. Probably the best thing you get if you sum it up in one sentence, it would be just change it.
1: Just make it good. <laughs> make it different. <laughs> like make something that looks like it could have been made in this decade. That would be my uh, my request for Dynasty Warriors. And I, obviously they're not dying, you know, because they still sell at least in Japan. I don't know yeah, how they do here. Well, I mean, selling in Japan doesn't mean what it used to. No, but I'm sure that you know. I'm sure this is sort of like the old Star Trek movies where they know exactly how many people are going to come. Yeah. And they budget it accordingly but it would be nice to see this series. They must like, think
0: not many people are coming because yeah. the budget for this game is low rent. <laughs> wow. I know, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, look, look at the most cape. recent look one. Look at the cape. The cape doesn't... Oh, I know. Look at it. Like, that, like that cape came right off the PlayStation 2. I like, could animate no... that cape. <laughs> and yeah. I don't
0: even know how to animate anything.
1: <laughs> All right, my pick
0: for the franchise that I'm going to make great again is... Resident Evil hmm. Hmm. I think a lot hmm. of people saw Resident Evil seven and they thought to themselves, Capcom is making Resident Evil great again, but I disagree I, I don't think the direction that uh, I will from what I've seen so far keep in mind that what we've seen of Resident Evil Seven so far uh, they've gone a record saying it's not the actual game mm-hmm. they said it is first person, but that's pretty much all that they've said so I do not believe that what we saw in the demo for Resident Evil 7 is the right direction for the franchise to go. I think it needs to make massive, sweeping changes. And my first change would be completely ditch the whole story in canon and start over again. I thought they were, would have done that by now, frankly. Get rid of Umbrella and Wesker. I mean, some of this stuff's already been handled already. But just get rid of all of it and start over. Because I don't think that Resident Evil is really known so much as this game about the Umbrella Corporation and the T-Virus and the G-Virus as much as it's just known as being one of the best scary video games. I think that's the element that's more important. Look, they've already transcended zombies. They've got rid of just, like, the shambling zombie. In Resident Evil 4, they had the Ganados and, like, these possessed people, I don't still to this day I don't even know if I know what the hell was going on in Resident Evil 4 what turned those people into what they were but they moved away from that and a lot of people heralded it as like the greatest Resident Evil of all time when it came out so to me it shows that the fans are flexible and they're willing to allow this franchise to be a little bit more pliable so I don't think there's fear that if you ditch a lot of the conventions of the series that the fans are going to rebel, although Umbrella Chronicles may beg to differ on that. Yeah. <laughs> but that game is just bad, so that's kind of irrelevant in this discussion. But they, they, so they need to completely forget about the past, get rid of Umbrella, all the contrivances and the BS. And again, in Resident Evil 6, they did kind of wrap it all up. I thought they had kind of wrapped it up in Resident Evil 5 as well, though. Yeah, I thought Resident Evil 5, they were going to like reboot after yeah. that, basically. So, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is reboot it. But, Here's the other most important thing that Capcom has to do to make this this franchise great again, and that is quit thinking of Resident Evil as an action movie, or even like a horror movie. I feel like a lot of the developers in Japan, not just Capcom, and not just the people who work on Resident Evil, but Kojima and a ton of others, fancy themselves as closeted movie directors. I like Kojima's closeted in right. that Right, well he's actually bit come out and said, you know, I would love to direct a film but I feel like a lot of Japanese developers are too concerned about making something that they feel as is, is as flashy as a movie instead, instead of worrying about making a great game. So get rid of all like the mega fortresses and the corporate complexes all that crap They need to make the game organic, like of the earth, like out in the woods, in old dingy cabins. And again, that's where I felt like Resident Evil 4 was at its best, was when you were in these shanty towns and villages. There was a little bit of that in Resident Evil 5, uh, and the the parts of the game that were set in Africa felt a little bit that way. And ironically, those were the best parts of Resident (laughs) Evil 5 as well. I feel like it needs to be a bit of a more organic game, less concerned with pop culture, Less concerned with Western culture, to be honest with you. I feel like it needs to have an angle where it's about the occult and about Satanism and spirits and demons and get rid of the whole chemistry, biological crap, like... You're gonna
1: run into trouble with the fact that it's called
0: Biohazard in Japan. It's not called... Well, actually now it is. The subtitle for it here is Biohazard for Resident Evil 7. It's like Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. But yeah, so ditch it. Like, get rid of it. Stop calling it Biohazard. Like... I just think all of that stuff just makes the game come off as campy and corny. They have people by the cojones. Like, it's Resident Evil. They could make god-awful Resident Evil games for the next 10 years, and I guarantee in year 11, when they show a new Resident Evil game, people will care and they will watch it. Like, there are great horror directors in Japan. Partner with Mike. Imagine Mike directing a Resident Evil game, or at least writing the script or creating the concept for a Resident Evil game, instead of letting like people who have typically made video games and action video games try to come up with something that's actually compelling and scary and unnerving and unsettling. like
1: They've gone the wrong way. I, and a lot of people know this. Well, I never found the bio technology stuff interesting like even no, it's all the way dumb. back to 1 and 2 I was just like I don't oh, care about Oh it's the I I don't give a yeah. shit whether
0: it's the G T or Viva I don't care like it's all just a virus that turns somebody into a freaking zombie The game like, pre There's no mystery to it.
1: pre resonable 4, the game that I thought was the most interesting narrative wise was uh, Code Veronica because yeah. it had those weird the weird the, siblings the twins, and all yeah, yeah all that all I mean all that shit was It was totally strange, yeah, Yeah. and it wasn't like another like corporate espionage. That's
0: exactly why it was great because it was weird and strange, and you didn't know why were these two twins so freaking weird, and like at the end, like. You're right. Like Code Veronica probably has like the second best story of any Resident Evil. The game itself doesn't hold up all that much these no, days. No, not at all. Like, you go back and play, it, and I'm like, man.
1: <laughs> I even had a couple of friends that are like crazy super horror game nuts, and the Code Veronica came out on 360, and they played it for like 20 minutes, and they're like, yeah, this is not going to happen. Like yeah. we're not going to do this, and and. I would never... If you told me they were going to give up on that game after like half an hour trying to play it, I would have thought they would have... Because they played some old stuff that I thought was unplayable, and they still powered through it. But even they had to back away from Code Veronica. Yeah. But I still fondly remember Code Veronica's storytelling because it was so different from yeah. the rest of the series. I mean, I still well. remember
0: the fondly remember the graphics. Like the graphics were freaking <laughs> mind blowing at the time. Yeah. I was like, it's like photorealistic. You're like, oh my god, I'm so glad I bought a Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, but it was photorealistic before I knew what photorealistic looked like.
1: <laughs> and it had that great uh, the intro movie with yeah. with uh, yeah. was that Jill? Yeah, it yeah. was.
0: But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that game was kind of headed in the right direction. Right. And they did a complete about-face and just made it about all this crap. It was like, after a while, they started making Resident Evil games like they were trying to make a Resident Evil movie. Like, all those movies, like Retribution and all that stuff, they're all a product of the splintered direction that that series headed off on. And, like, just imagine if they announced tomorrow Takashi Miikei is like writing the scenario um, dude a lot of first of all a lot of people would be googling <laughs> Miki, Miki, and the people who know who he is would be like oh my god that is a genius
1: idea like, hasn't he already done stuff for horror games though, not like that I'm aware didn't of didn't turn out too well I have some kind of thing in the back of my mind it's like, eh, chat to the rescue
0: some people in chat may not even know who Mike is to be honest
1: No, they, they're talking about him they know him
0: oh they're talking about Audition yeah I was like oh, this is the most popular film Edition. Well, the stand I think, user of the F.U. virus. I think, Ichi, virus. <laughs> I think Ichi, the,
1: Ichi the Killers is the most popular film, I would say. Yeah, I guess so. My favorite film of his is
0: Imprint. Like, that's the movie that just completely mm. <laughs> scrambled my brain. That movie bothered me on for, like, a week after I watched it. But that's the direction it needs to be heading in, though, in my opinion. Like, that's where it needs to go. The occult, the unknown, the mysterious, the weird. Instead of this just... I mean, it's almost like the game is being, like built by committee like i feel like you know ever since it lost its director that's really where it kind of lost its way like mm-hmm. once it had like one guy's singular vision and once it lost that that's where i feel like it took a misstep and and kind of lost its footing but you know then again it's not like he's gone on to make amazing games either so i don't know mm. but that is how I believe, or I'll do it this way. That's how I believe you make Resident Evil great again. Who was that? That's my Bill Clinton. Oh, okay.
1: I thought it was gonna be. I not Donald Trump. No, you no, know, I can't even imitate Donald Trump. No, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna make Resident Evil, and it's it's gonna be the best. We're gonna get the best people, get the best Resident Evil. I have the best Resident Evils. Believe me, <laughs> believe me. It's gonna it's gonna be great. It's gonna be the best Resident Evil. Because that's what I do. I make I make I the make best, the Resident, best Resident Evil. Everyone ask anyone. <laughs> I have the best. The horror Resident fans Evil. they love me. They love me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, that's it for our first attempt at make the franchise great again. Be sure to let us know if you enjoyed that one. Obviously, there are tons of franchises we could do this for, but these are the first two that we selected. So, let's move on to the last topic of the Big Six. So today, and this is why I'm glad that uh, sometimes that we're doing the show a day later in the week, Mm -hmm. because the story broke today that is really significant. So today it was discovered that Microsoft has suddenly started backpedaling on the Play Anywhere initiative. So if you're watching this live, I know you know it already. And chances are if you're watching the archive on SIFID, you probably know too, because you are a hardcore gamer. But on the off chance that someone doesn't know what, what Play Anywhere is, basically Play Anywhere was announced at E3, and it really started before E3, but Microsoft announced it officially. It said at E3 that every every game at E3 and every future Xbox One game would also be be playable on PC. You would get the PC version for free, and your saves would carry over from the PC version to the Xbox One version, and vice versa, and back and forth. So essentially, you can play that game on any either of the platforms, and it's a seamless experience. So backlash happened after E3. People were like, wait a minute. You know, What incentive do I have to buy an Xbox? Which we answered a little earlier. Microsoft doesn't care about that anymore. Pactor mm-hmm. more directly answered it earlier. Um, but still, a lot of negative publicity from it, a lot of negative press, a lot of people going at Microsoft on Twitter saying, you know, I was going to buy an Xbox and now I'm not. So today it comes out that somebody went back and looked at the Microsoft's official statement on its website about Play Anywhere and curiously a couple words had been slightly changed. Hmm. And unfortunately the 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 words that were slightly changed were some of the most important words in the entire statement. So Microsoft has since revised its statement to say games shown on our stage at E3 2016 will be be playable on both PC and Xbox One but that's not even true. And so it comes out today that Dead Rising 4, in fact, you will not get a free PC version of Dead Rising 4 when you buy the Xbox One version of it. Hmm. Yes. So, Capcom Vancouver basically came out and just said, look, like,
1: bro, we're not doing it. (laughs) Like,
0: I I mean, obviously, it, it seems that Microsoft has not paid Capcom enough money for exclusivity to make it worth its while to just give away the PC version of the game. So couple things here. First of all, one of the games that they said that was announced and shown on a stage at E3 is, in fact, not a part of Play Anywhere. Two, Play Anywhere is completely nebulous after all the games that were announced at E3. Mm-hmm. Like there, There's no guarantee now that after those five or six games, Sea of Thieves was another one
1: that they had talked about. Well, I guess I bet I can guess the first game that's not going to be play anywhere from Microsoft. What do you think it'll be? I think that'll be Halo 6. Why? Because I think they'll keep it on Xbox. Really? Yeah. Do you think that's ultimately why? I would not be surprised. They've
0: hedged their bets on this? I would not All be because surprised. of Halo 6? Because actually, I think that was one game that somebody mentioned to them. They were like, so Halo 6. And I think that might have been the first time Microsoft gave pause. Mm-hmm. And was like, well...
1: Well, I mean, that's <laughs> a long way from now. Which I it mean, is, yeah. that's true. But, like, we're probably going to see it next year, E3. Yeah. And, like, I and just... A trailer, probably. Yeah, I just, the idea that they would... I, I just, for some reason, I feel like, A, they would want to keep that confined to the Xbox for whatever reason. I mean, Pactor's point is well taken, but I feel like that is it going to be a hard habit to break, so to speak. And the other thing is, like, 343 even equipped to make a PC version? You know, is, are, they, is, are they, you know, was that kind of like, hey, we are? Like, wait a minute. like, like What about Scalebound? Yeah. I mean, Platinum? I mean, it said play anywhere before that, tri- that demo or whatever. That game's already been delayed a couple times. One more, one more minute won't matter, I guess. Well, I mean,
0: if what happens if they're like, man, we're having problems with it? And look, it's not just a gimme to create a PC version. We've no. seen that with Batman Arkham Knight. We've seen that like, with
1: every single Warner Brothers PC Yeah, I mean, there's the no left.
0: guarantee that just because you've developed this in a PC environment that, that the game's going to be amazing yeah. on PC. I mean, there can there's myriad issues that can pop up
1: with the PC version. And to be fair, I mean, you know... This would be a bigger question in my mind if I cared about scalebound anymore. That that (laughs) demo really—do you really not care about it? It's it's going to have to win me back at this point because that demo was not. I was was not not that deterred by that. I thought it was
0: cool to see everyone's dragons in a co-op environment and everything.
1: I'm just not. The demo
0: wasn't look. It wasn't mind blowing. No, but some of but I remember what I saw at E3
1: last year. I know, but it's just like it just. There was just so much jank to it that, like, I—I I mean, I know it's not finished or anything; it's got a long way to go. But like, I didn't—I the fact it's yeah, just I another one of those—it's another one of those, jank, it's it's one just those generic. That too, but yeah. it's like—but there was all those like weird hard cuts where suddenly the character's were in a different place than they were previously, yeah. and all this, and it's just like didn't—it didn't flow. There was no like sense of. It Imagine if that game had uh, come out oh when it was God. supposed to. <laughs> So, like, yeah, it's not like I'm waiting for this one at this point. I'm just like, well, I guess we'll see if it looks better, closer to launch. Because, yeah. like, what I saw at E3 for Scalebound, I mean, that almost was one of my downs. Downs, yeah. But I was, uh, I was more interested in my my uh, blazing hot take on God of War. <laughs> um, where I just, I just, God of War just disappointed me in a way that, like, Scalebound was not. You know, Scalebound was not a make-or-break game for me. God yeah. was more important, right? Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I would guess that part of this is because somewhere in there, they're just like, oh, maybe we don't want to take Halo off Xbox. It's a
0: big bet. It's it a is. huge bet. Not even just Halo, just in general, to announce that, like, yeah, it's insane.
1: And it would be nice if if they really had had the confidence and the plan in place to do that, because like like Pactor said. You know, it's not an invalid strategy because no, they have they have the OS and the leverage and and the flexibility to do that, uh, and they needed to do something uh, because they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah. So like this is a this I think that's a good pivot to make. But if they're not going to you know really lean into it, like I don't know, like you can't half half-ass that.
0: Well, see, my question is like, if you're doing this, why even announce Scorpio? Right. If you're really committed to this and this is your future strategy,
1: why would you announce Scorpio like five minutes later? I don't know. I, I, part of that, I still believe, had something to do with the fact that they knew Sony wasn't going to talk about the Neo. Yeah. Like, if there, it was kind of their chance, they, they saw it, maybe saw it as their chances sort or of a one-up Sony by talking about the next hardware, um, which was extra funny because... I there was, but who buys, like, Scorpio or whatever the next hardware is if there's no exclusive games for it? I don't know. Who buys an S if Scorpio's a year out?
0: I don't know. I really don't know. And the deals on the uh, OG Xbox One right now are so sick. It's like, mm. <laughs> like you get like the original Connect bundle with like three controllers and four games for like two hundred dollars. Mm. It's like and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it'll bring you beer from yeah. the fridge. <laughs> Robo Bernard dog with a big Robo big dog. Mark egg around its neck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I'm completely dumbfounded about what Microsoft is doing right now. Like. I I thought Pactor had made it all clear. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I get it.
1: I totally understand what they're doing. I mean, I assumed it was like you know an ecosystem thing, but like the way he phrased it made it make a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean,
0: he's right. He's like, Mm -hmm. why do why does anyone produce hardware if they don't have to? You lose money Mm -hmm. on it. Like. It's a par- like you said earlier, it's a paradigm shift. It's coming. Eventually things are probably all gonna melt together twenty years from now. Who knows? We don't have consoles in twenty years. Pactor was right about that too, by the way. Got all kinds of flack about that when he was in I think it was DICE or something, and he mm-hmm. did a keynote and said consoles are going away in like a generation after this one and everyone oh Pactor, everything Pactor says, just believe the opposite. he's
1: right a lot of the time, people. Um, I never quite understood the skepticism of that because, like, you could already see that warming up back then.
0: It's fanboys. The I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Most well, people, nobody,
1: nobody wants their favorite team to, you know, get absorbed. You know, yeah, and I mean, I get it.
0: I would hate to see any of my my favorite Pittsburgh teams just go away. But fact of the matter is, that's probably what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Like, what if you know? It's like if the Pen- Penguins are just going to start playing football. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like, nobody wants to make hockey anymore, so we're just gonna, <laughs> everyone's just going to do football. Sidney
0: yeah, Crosby, the new quarterback of the state. They'll wear the state. same uniform, yeah.
1: but they're going to play football. Yeah. Like, that's basically what's happening it is, here.
0: Yeah, and slowly, but yeah. it is happening. And it's
1: happening. It's like, what? You still get to watch him play a sport,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, but there's,
1: like, this investment in that specific yeah. way of doing things and that specific approach to the medium that is going to get lost. Yeah. I just feel... And I feel like
0: Microsoft is kind of lost right now.
1: I feel like it's... uh. It's adrift. It,
0: it doesn't seem to have a clear strategy. Um, and it, it seemed like when it came up with one, then it contradicted it, like, 20 minutes later. Like, mm-hmm.
1: I just don't understand what its business objectives are. I just... Well, especially because, like, if this wasn't in place with Capcom, and if, in fact, it wasn't even in place fully in- internally to the point that they would change their wording on, on their statement... That was like the big thrust of that press conference. It's what
0: people, other than what we're seeing right now, Xbox One S... It was the other thing that, that was the big remembered takeaway. about yeah. their press conference. Yeah. They
1: threw that thing in front of every single piece of video they showed.
0: That logo, the yeah. Play Anywhere, they, every single on game Xbox they talked about. Xbox and Windows
1: 10, the whole thing. When yeah. they
0: finished a demo for every game, they'd be they'd like, it, it. Yeah.
1: playable everywhere on yeah.
0: Xbox One and Windows
1: 10. And it's just really weird that they wouldn't really have you know, internally have all their stories straight on that if they were going to approach it that way. I don't know. I mean, I know they're a big company, but it feels like that's something you'd like run up the flagpole before you decided to make the multi-million-dollar show about it.
0: And yeah, and I wonder too if like you know it did make it up the flagpole, but only up one of the flagpoles. Mm. And after E3, and I saw some of the backlash and some of the response on social media, if one of those other flagpoles didn't come over and be like, "Yo, <laughs> like slow your roll, like what are you doing, like what are they doing?" Mm. I don't get it. Like, there's no incentive to buy an Xbox One S because of the Scorpio, and there's no incentive to buy the Scorpio because of Play Anywhere.
1: Unless you don't want to spend the money for a gaming PC. Yeah, I mean, you'll still be spending less money will you? for that. How much will so. the
0: RX 480 be next year?
1: 140. Well, well, there's more to a gaming PC than an RX 480, but like, you'll see the the CPU. And the RAM, RAM is not cheap, uh, depending on what time of year. But how you're much
0: RAM it. is in Scorpio? I don't like know. four
1: megs, probably. I, I hope it's more than four megs or megabytes. Sorry, but four megabytes, no. like four gigabytes, is like minimum oh, gigabytes. At this point. Uh, sorry. Um, but
0: yeah, I uh, I did have
1: a gaming PC back in the mid nineties that had four megs of RAM and I thought that thing yeah, was never was that, that was never <laughs> gonna be obsolete. <laughs> yeah. This thing this thing has <laughs> four hundred megabytes of hard drive space, people. You're never gonna need more. You'll than never that.
0: need another hard drive, yeah. But uh I mean honestly, like I think there's four gigs of RAM in Xbox One. And it's not even Sounds like right, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's even like
1: good RAM. No, it's slower. Yeah. The place. That's the main thing that holds it back is they wanted They wanted all the RAM they could get to. uh, In fact, I don't remember if it has more than the PlayStation 4 or not, but I know it's slower because they needed more RAM to run all the OS, you know, TV box stuff, and they wanted to make sure they could run all that stuff because it got a huge footprint. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Most everyone has an old CD case lying around, or an an old PC case lying around. They're not going to have to buy a case. They got the fans. Like, you get that. Mid-range card next year that can do 4K. Some of them mm. for 125, 150 bucks, you get four gigs of RAM
1: for. Well, you're gonna need more than four gigs. You're gonna, you're gonna. I, I would never. I'm buy saying it. to
0: replicate Scorpio.
1: Yeah, but Scorpio is gonna outperform an equivalent thing like that with that amount. Of RAM. I mean, I think you you need at least eight gigs of RAM. Yeah. For a gaming PC at this point, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go lower than eight for at all. But and I, w- a, I wouldn't go lower than sixteen. I wouldn't say. either.
0: I mean, I have sixteen in my rig, but. Here's the thing, though. It's like, you can do a lot more with a PC than you can with a video game console. So if you do spend an extra $100, $150, a lot of people can rationalize that because they'll well, use depend- their PC to do like a million things. Depending
1: on the cost of the Scorpio, I think you're it's going to be more than a couple hundred dollars uh, under what you, to build an equivalent kind of thing. And the, that's the other thing is if you're building an equivalent PC, why would you build an equivalent PC? It makes it a little more powerful. You know, you're going to get... A little more there, and then you still need, you know, the whole setup of a monitor that's good enough to warrant that. Or maybe you hook it up to a TV, that's fine, too. But, like, yeah. do you have a 4K TV? I don't know. Um, I think there's still a large-ish market for a console that can do PC stuff for a console price. Um,
0: Let's see, in the chat, they're saying that RX 480 has 8 gigs of RAM.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the cards. On the card, so. on
1: the car- yeah. VRAM is, that's different, but like, yeah. for, RAM for the system, I wouldn't go under 16 at yeah. this point. Um. You know, I mean, we we just built a moderate-powered gaming PC for my girlfriend so she could play Overwatch on something that doesn't. She was trying to play Overwatch on her old PC and she was getting booted from matchmaking because it took so long to load. Because that's how slow the processor was. It was it was just like, like by the time it loaded everything in, it's like yeah, even booted for an activity. I'm like that's a long load time. Wow. So we put together like a, a decent rig for and it was like about a thousand dollars. Thousand bucks. Um, that's a lot to spend on a and, uh, on a rig really i mean it was it was a it was not even a it wasn't even an i7 i mean it was uh it was a second or third down the rung of the top of the line mid-range i don't know
0: i built my pc with a gtx 980 16 gigs of ram i7 processor um multi card like in an optical drive a blu-ray burner for like 1100 bucks like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm.
1: well we did basically the equivalent of that this time
0: you should have got a lot cheaper
1: though no, did I paid like three fifty?
0: I think for my GTX nine eighty when I
1: bought it. I don't remember what the price. It was about that. It wasn't a nine eighty. It was the, it was the Ti or whatever. Right. Um. So it wasn't the graphics card. wasn't it wasn't the big expenditure. It was the processor. The processor yeah, was you know, like five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um. So that gets you all the way up there anyway. Yeah. And And uh, we didn't get a, we didn't get a lot of new hard drives because like. You know, hard drive for hard drive. Yeah, it? You don't need but it. like it was still more than buying a console. Oh yeah, I mean sure. it's yeah. it's always going to be more than buying a
0: console. But look, I mean that rig like is say, way better than right. a console, Absolutely. man. Absolutely, that but rig will some, whip the shit out of any but console. But there's some people
1: that just aren't interested in that. Also, you yeah. got to build the thing, which like you say is like putting Legos together now. It's not yeah. like it used to be, but there's still a large chunk of people that are, you know Call of Duty Bro number 485 is not going to want to like figure out. You know which jumper cable goes into which. You know, it's. No, i would just buy a PlayStation Four. Right. <laughs> and you know, I would. Which have is kind of getting
0: to the root of the whole thing here. True.
1: I would have thought that, like, you know, the the Steam Machine idea would fill in that gap in the market, oh, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be doing. Anything. I don't.
0: Do they even exist? Does GameStop still even sell them anymore? Like,
1: I I wouldn't know. I haven't I'd, seen it, it, it one. It never in, occurred to me to ask. Yeah. So <laughs> I have haven't noticed. seen them in stores. Lately. I mean, I know you can still order them. Yeah, but yeah. Like, of uh, Clearly, whatever. You know, whatever hole they thought they were going to fill with that, uh, they either missed or it's not there. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what the story is on that. Maybe, and again, maybe, maybe Microsoft is hoping that that niche can be filled by the Xbox here on out. Uh, but again, if Valve can't do it, I don't know what hope anybody <laughs> else. Uh, yeah. Valve's pretty good. At, well, Microsoft is uh, good too. Microsoft's I mean. good too, but like Valve seems like Valve's pretty good at seeing the opportunity and, and exploiting it. And if they couldn't figure out a way to break into that or make that catch on, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because they don't do hardware normally. Yeah. Um, But it's a big gray area right now, I think. And it'd be interesting to see what Microsoft can do with it. Uh, it'll help if you can only get Halo on that Xbox Scorpio.
0: I don't know. I mean, what happens at Gamescom? <laughs> they, like, yeah. clarify everything,
1: like... I feel like they're just going to pour mud, more mud in the water if, if yeah. history is any indication, you know.
0: People, every interview they do, they're going to ask, yeah, what's going on? Why what's did up? you change your policy? I mm-hmm. Phil Spencer's ready because it's. Coming. I'm also,
1: I'm also very interested to see uh, the interviews with Dead Rising people. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's going to be you know, good luck getting people to talk about the game itself at that point. Yeah. everyone's just going to want to know what happened behind the scenes there. So to wrap it up, what do you think Microsoft should do? I think they should have just gone for broke with the Play Anywhere idea. If that's where they want to go, go for it. But, like, making it sketchy like this and changing the wording and it's like, oh, some but not others, but this E3, but maybe not next E3, like, you're just making people nervous. I, I, not, I don't even think it's just nervous. You're confusing yeah. the crap out of people. Yeah. And Anyone you're not confusing, it's just like you're like you were talking nervous.
0: about Joe Blow Call of Duty. Doesn't like being confused, man. No one <laughs> like no one likes being no. confused. But the thing about consoles is they're plug and play. You know what you mm-hmm. get. You plug it in, you put your disc in, or you download the code, it just it just works. And like when you have people wondering, like, well if I buy it for this and it doesn't plan on that, but this is a game made by Capcom, like it just gets way too mm. much. Like you're making it way too freaking complicated. Like I felt like I'd agree with you. Like I felt like the plan that they laid out at E3 was a clear plan. Until they announced Scorpio, like then it the, the water yeah. they threw a scoop of, of dirt into the water there, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute!" And then now, a couple weeks after E3, changing some of their official statements on it, Van, or Capcom Vancouver being like, "Yo, bro, like we're not giving away the PC version of
1: this." Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I, when you say what should they do, I don't, I don't know what they do now, but yeah. I know what they, I think I know what I think they should have done. They should have just. You know, charted a course and stuck on it. Yeah. They should have. Now I don't know what you do to kind of like, you know, undo what's been muddied here.
0: Really, what they should do, they should just lower the price of Xbox One, kept the same hardware. Or if they want to show the Slim, fine. If they feel like they can manufacture it more Mm -hmm. cheaply, fine. Stick with your base hardware for Xbox One, whether it be the launch model or the Slim. Go forward exactly as you had said with Play Anywhere. It, it would work. Yeah. It could throw, still throw work. Throw money at Capcom until they agree. Basically. Right. Give them another $100 million, whatever profit they thought they are going to make off the PC version of Dead Rising 4, yeah. and do it. Like, the Scorpio, to me, is the big mistake in this whole thing. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense with any of the other policies mm-hmm. and ideas that they've got and up it with. would
1: make sense if what pactor had said was true where it's like clearly they just want you in the ecosystem they right. don't want you they don't care That's if you want to stick with or not.
0: that it makes sense like
1: but now cares? with this it's like well okay now all my questions are back about Yeah, yeah.
0: That. so you put out the one cuz you can make it cheaper and maybe you're finally making some money on your hardware mm. or you're breaking even at 200 bucks a piece or whatever who cares as long as you're not losing money on the Xbox One hardware mm-hmm. anymore, make them as you sell them. If people quit buying them, they'll all transition over to PC, and they're going to buy a PlayStation 4, which a lot of them have already, already anyway. Yeah. So We'll see. I would not be surprised if game, at Gamescom and Phil Spencer just gets hammered with, 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 with questions about this. I don't think we have to wait too long to get some definitive answers on it. At least I hope not. Because mm-hmm. the longer you wait, too, the muddier the waters get. The more that scoop of dirt spreads out <laughs> through the water, and it makes it hard to see any of it. So, we'll see. Alright, it's time for our trailer of the week. Just like the rest of the week, there weren't many great trailers this week, but mm-hmm. there was one that really struck my fancy, and I found it really interesting. Horror games, horror adventure games are a dime a dozen these days. Like, literally every day a new one is announced. I think if you go look at Sifted right now, there was at least two new first-person horror games announced today. Today! Hmm. Um... This one is something different, I promise you. If you're a fan of H.R. Geiger, you're going to eat this trailer up. The game is called Scorn. This is a debut trailer. Get those questions in now. So that's a little bit like what I was talking about with Resident Evil. Mm. Is it like this more serious, occultish tone instead of this kind of campy, action movie thing that they've been doing? Um, definitely see the H.R. Geiger influences yeah. in there. I mean, he could probably sue over that game. Well, he's dead, so. <laughs> yeah. well he has an estate <laughs> that I'm sure is very Sue happy. So. Yeah, that game, I think, is being made by an all star team of de- of developers who left big studios and went mm. to do their own thing. So, lot of that going around. Yeah, there is. And I don't blame them, you know. So, uh, yeah, that game looks really interesting to me. Again, I'm a big fan of horror games, so maybe it has a little bit more of appeal. But it also looks different, which is increasingly more difficult to find in games these days. So,. We should get more on that game pretty soon. Let's get to the questions. Let's see. Here's one I saw right up right out of the gate. Rewind Play Labs. I started watching old episodes of Invisible Walls for Nostalgia of the Old Days of the Industry. Do you ever watch old episodes of a show you made for nostalgia
1: purposes? Sure. I would say I have, I have a whole box of X Play DVDs that I sometimes put in. I watch way
0: more old X Play stuff than I do old Invisible Walls because Invisible Walls is topical. So it's like we're talking about games that came out that day. Um, X Play does that or did that, mm-hmm. but it also had like sketch comedy and like cultural references in it. Which gives it a little
1: bit more of a, an evergreen flavor, and mm. it gives a little bit more legs. Yeah, well, I just pulled out the uh, the desert episode, the Fear and Loathing one that I di- that I wrote and directed back in the day. That kind of yeah. established the sort of you know from then on, all of a sudden we could do narrative episodes, and that changed how the show worked. Yeah. because um, it's a, it's eleven years this month that we shot that. Yeah. Uh, out in the desert, and uh, it it's SD and it's shoestring budget, and it's, you know, there's a bunch of things in there that I can tell, like, oh, I didn't notice the camera shadow on Adam's head in this one shot and stuff like that. But overall, like, it holds up, okay? Yeah. The other thing I would say about watching all the
0: Visible Walls episodes is that because there were so many people on GT, and it was free, anybody could come there, and, like, most of the people who voiced their opinion on the show voiced negative opinions, like, I would often sit there as the host and be thinking to myself, oh, I need to wrap this guy up, but people always give me crap for cutting people off. So it's just like <laughs> very awkward. Like I just felt like the whole time I'm sitting there I'm like I was caught in this weird conflict between making the show as good as it should be and trying to make sure people don't hate me. I don't I don't know if maybe that if that makes sense at all. But that's the way I felt on that show a lot of times. Because people were always like, you cut people off and then you blather on and on. I'm like, well, I'm the host. Like, it's my freaking job to wrap it up and keep the conversation going and then introduce the next topic. So I felt like a lot of times on that show, I was very self conscious while we were recording it and worried about, like, what were people thinking. And when I watch the old episodes, it takes me right back to that state of mind. Like, it's really weird how it does that. And I'm like, oh, I remember exactly how I felt. Like, oh, I remember Mike Damiani was blathering on about Zelda again for, like, the 20th time in the last five episodes, and I told him to wrap it up, and then 50 people told me I was a jerk for cutting him off. It's like, there's no winning when doing shows on GT. And, like, I know a lot of you guys came from GT, and you are the good people from GT, but there's a lot of jerks on that website, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't watch a ton of the old Invisible Wall stuff. I did go and, like, look at a couple really quickly... Uh, when IGN started, like, uploading the archives, uh, and just tried to find ones that I remembered that I really liked and had fun with. Um, But, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on nostalgia. Because I think the memories were great for you guys, but being the host on the show and the editor-in-chief of that site, a lot of times really sucked, to be honest with you. Because there's just so many... It's like YouTube. There's just so many people that are just freaking jerks. And after a while, you get tired of dealing with it. And in honesty, I feel like a lot of times... Those negative opinions affect creativity and people's willingness to take risks and try new things because fear of ridicule or whatever
1: you know, being mm. berated in public sucks. Well, luckily most of X play predated social media, so we had yeah. no, we had no idea what anybody thought. <laughs> yeah, except for the occasional hate mail. We I mean, we got a lot of hate mail, but like it was easy to ignore. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's the best way I could answer it. Which um, is funny because like everybody says, oh, gaming and stupid humor don't mix. It's like now it's like. Well, welcome to YouTube, folks. We're ahead of our time, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you find a question while I was yammering
1: on? Yeah. Uh, Justin Horman asks, Do you think Nintendo making a controller for mobile devices will lead to more mobile games that will appeal to core gamers being made platform-wide and drawn more customers? There's already been controllers that will allow you to connect to mobile devices, but is the fact that the big N is doing this going to affect the landscape?
0: You want to tackle
1: that one first? Um... I think that it should do that, but I don't think it will, um, because it's just not going. You know, I think the the market for peripherals like that on the mobile market is very small, and most people just want something they can pull the phone out, play it as as it is. They don't need to carry anything extra, and that's that's just it. Um, the fact that Nintendo's doing it is probably going to get more Nintendo fans to sort of like automatically buy into it, but I don't think it's going to reach any kind of critical mass.
0: I think Nintendo's great at creating control interfaces. And I feel like if any company could create an interface for mobile that works and feels natural, it's probably Nintendo. Um, Do I think that that's going to change much? I doubt it. I honestly just don't think that people want to play mobile games with a controller at all. Mm. Like I just think that they are conditioned and used to playing games on mobile, on a tablet, or on their phone with touch controls, using their fingers. I think if you hand, like some of the, like that video we were showing for Play Anywhere, where it showed like people at like a bar with their laptop up on the bar holding like the Xbox One controller, that's bull crap. Nobody's ever gonna do that. It's never gonna happen. People don't play mobile games, they don't want to play it with a controller. They want to be able to sit there while they're on their phone on the train or on a plane or whatever play the little game, touch it, and then flip and check their email really quickly. Like, you got a controller, like, it's really awkward to do that kind of stuff. I just think it... It's a different platform. It, yeah.
1: doesn't, it doesn't need to be, like, what we're used yeah. to. in that And
0: look, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, Nintendo probably could make the best mobile controller ever. And maybe if Nintendo on down the road is really insistent on making fully featured mobile games, I'd buy the controller to play their games on mobile. And if Nintendo one day stops making hardware and goes all mobile then hell yeah I'd buy Nintendo's controller to play Nintendo's games but I just think in the current environment mm-hmm. it just it's a moot point really it's the best way I could put it
1: S2 Sound Wizard is offering to make the achievement sound if you need, oh. need someone to do that
0: S2 Sound Wizard if you want to work up five jingles and send them to me knock them out and send them very quick they need to be like a second mm-hmm. not some long drawn out composition like literally like three tones in order that's it you want to send me five revs of that? Send them along. Send it to uh, send it to support at sifted.net.
1: Um, the stand user asks, "What's the scariest game you've ever played?" Hmm.
0: Oh wow. I think it. That's tough to say because you become conditioned to it over time. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of games that like affected me really strongly when I played them, I play them now, and I'm like, I almost laugh at like the stuff. I mean, honestly, the game that scared me the most was probably the first Silent Hill. I mean, as far as like when I played it, because there really weren't great horror games, and before that, it's probably Resident Evil. Um, but the first Silent Hill kind of did what I was talking about earlier. It was like this weird and eerie game that wasn't overtly trying to be scary. It was unsettling and unnerving. And uh, it's also lost its way. Mm. Another franchise that kind of was on target at lost first. Lost its way and... pretty
1: quick. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since we had a good Silent Hill game. Yeah.
0: But I would say probably, yeah, the first Silent Hill is the scariest game I played at the time that I played it.
1: Mm. What about you? Uh, I don't really find games scary because I find them You be, you know, you, you autom- by definition, you have the tools and ability to get past anything in a video game or it's over, right? Um, so I don't really find that to be scary. Uh, I do find you know like a good atmosphere to be unsettling, and like you said, with Silent- so Silent Hill Two would be my pick.
0: Yeah, I mean um, that was a
1: close second. <laughs> I mean I, I like Silent Hill Two. I thought Silent Hill Two was like going to define that you know each Silent Hill game was going to be about a different character, a different theme, a different idea, but set in that town and right. how that town deals. Silent with Hill that Two is a better game by miles. Yeah. By the way, I'm not saying that the first one was better, but I also had
0: kind of gotten over the scares from Mm -hmm. the first game for the second one. The second one was much better, but it didn't scare me as much as the first.
1: I didn't, I didn't, neither of them scare me, but, like, I found Silent Hill 2's atmosphere was just, like, it was, they just nailed it. Like, from start to finish in that game, and and I remember all the games. It was a very memorable game to me, and, like, horror games tend to to not stick in my head, but uh, Silent Hill 2 uh, really did the job. So that would be my pick.
0: Thanks for the kind words, Rewind Play Lab. I see you uh, giving me props for Invisible Walls. I appreciate it, man. Um, Here's from W. Matthew. How long do you think, if you think, will consoles be relevant? Granted, I'm a hardcore gamer, but with the RX 480 being in most off-the-shelf PCs in 12-ish months, I can't justify a console. I mean... I think Packer had it right. I think next generation is the last generation of video game consoles.
1: Possibly, unless Sony keeps on keeping on. I mean, I think PlayStation will be the last uh, console standing in the end.
0: I don't know. It might be Nintendo. Microsoft will be the first one out. I think we could both yeah, agree me- about yeah. that. They're um, the last ones in, and they'll be the first ones out.
1: I don't know. I don't know what Nintendo's going to do. I mean, conventional wisdom says yes, they would be the last one standing. But I have a, I have this weird feeling that like. Whatever the NX does in conjunction with how f- hard and fast their mobile is going to take off, like I can see them sort of like drifting to this like easy cash flow over here and making a a very major uh, change, let's say, over the next ten years. Uh, that makes basically the idea of them making their own hardware obsolete. Yeah, it'd be a sad day to me, but. I feel like that. I feel like Sony, because they are a multi, you know, a multimedia company that like doesn't want to give up their autonomy in that regard. I think that, and I don't see them finding that alternate way to present their stuff the way Nintendo might be on the verge of doing here with the NX and mobile. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can see Sony stubbornly sticking to it longer. I guess because what I'm saying is like not that Nintendo's going to fail out and disappear, but that Nintendo's going to find their new groove before it Sony be. does, and Sony's just going to like hang on to the PlayStation. It Play already kind of has. Yeah.
0: Amiibo and merchandise. And but Sony's going to
1: hang on to that PlayStation brand as long as they humanly can.
0: After one more generation which you're assuming these generations are going to last now five to seven years after the next one, like streaming mm. is where it'll be at. Like there will really be no need for a console after well, that. Well
1: assuming that there's been the revolution in inf- internet infrastructure that's going to have to happen to, to make that feasible in America. Uh, yeah, that's probably where it's going to go. Uh, Eric Estrada, twelve. Did you guys talk about Adam Boys at all? I'm not
0: sure. Is it that's in reference to? Did you hear a story this week about Adam Boys? Did no. he leave Sony or
1: something? Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that was that was on on my sift right before I left or something like that. Yeah. Adam Boys left Sony. It was a, it was a Twitter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. there was a tweet about that. I, I remember that. Where's yeah. he going? I don't know. I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. That's surprising.
0: To be honest, I'm really shocked to hear that. Um... One, Adam's a great guy. It must be a great opportunity. That's the only thing I can figure. Because he really...
1: I don't know. Maybe the chat will tell us. Has has no, I definitely saw job. something about that before I left.
0: Yeah, he has, like, his dream job. I'd be shocked to know that he was leaving there, unless he was promoted up to, like, a bigger position in Sony, and he's just not going to be his hands-on with PlayStation. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it, so I can't really really comment on it.
1: He's saying he left to make games.
0: No, he's going to go develop games. We're going to take a step back for the creative part of it. That's great. Game Mm. development. That's awesome to hear. I like that. (laughs) I really, really like to hear that. Um, You know, a lot of people feel like they've made it when they're sitting around telling people what to do instead of doing it. But I'm kind of of the same mind as Adam. Like, you know, I was a VP at Viacom for, like, five years or whatever, and I got restless after a while. I got tired of just going from meeting to meeting And telling people what to do, and I really missed actually doing it. Um, You know, when we were building Sifted, like, literally, I worked on Sifted for, like, a year and a half before the site ever launched, like, a long time. Like, I left GT, I took, like, some time off, hung out with my family and my dad, who was really in bad health, and came back and pretty much just dove on to it right away. And people, like, my wife is like, how can you do this? How can you work so many hours six or seven days a week not getting paid any money and it was because i was loving what i was doing like i just really enjoyed after the five years of just being like you do this you do this now let's all get together and do this it felt good to be the person doing something for once like i like creating stuff with my own hands so i can appreciate like him taking that step back and being like you know Maybe he wasn't just enjoying himself anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets to a point where you can only get so much enjoyment out of watching other people achieve. You know, they always say, oh, it's all of us. But, you know, the doers are the people who are making it happen. It's not the person who's there cracking the whip or instructing everybody. And I think I, I missed a little bit of that whenever I became an executive. So, all right, one or two more questions if we got them. Someone says, corporate BS.
1: yeah. Danny Endurance asks when we'll see you in interviewing developers again. Oh. I've actually
0: done a couple interviews that we never ran on Sifted, oddly enough. Uh, when we first launched the site, we had a couple different publishers come in and show us games. And uh, I did interviews, but like we just never published them, because they were kind of for smaller games. We're in LA, uh, so a lot of the big guys don't come down here. Like All the events are up in the Bay Area. So what you get in LA mostly are indie games and things like that, which, you know, I'm not saying that anything wrong with the indie games or have anything against indie games. But when you start to look at the work and the effort to cut that interview together with gameplay footage and everything, all the time that was spent on it, and then we you know, just looking at statistics from working at GT and everywhere else, like interviews are the least watched piece of media, or were, on game trailers by 50 miles. And that's why you slowly saw us start to transition out of interviews and into developer walkthroughs. So It used to be the way events would work is you finish the event and then the developers would just go around from outlet to outlet and do an interview and read the same bullet points to every single person. And they wouldn't deviate from that. They'd have their PR person next to them who would elbow them. They'd start to off the off the script. And it just became pointless. Even though our shots looked better or whatever, and sometimes we asked better questions, and sometimes getting a no comment actually is a comment. And in all honesty, it was one of the favorite parts of my job as a journalist. The bottom line is nobody else cared about it. Like, we would break, like, it's so sad. Like, we would break, like, big time stuff in some of our interviews, and nobody cared. Like, we would finally get, like, developers to, like, divulge something about a game, and they'd be, like, after the interview, like, man, you just got gold. Like, we didn't say that to anybody else. Like, you've got something no one else has got. Like, great job. You got it out of me. PR would come up to me and be like, yeah, you know, I may have to massage some stuff when I get back, but just run it. Like, and then we put it up in crickets. Like, mm-hmm. but we, so we changed our strategy. And we're like, all right, well, instead of asking you questions, we're going to mic you while you play your game. Basically, it was like the first Let's Plays, and we started that at GT, something now that's done by everybody. Another thing that we did that we started, everyone else followed. We did
1: tons of developer interviews in the late years of X-Play that I argued we should do developer walkthroughs because at least you get to see the game and it's not the same bullet points rehashed from every other site out there. And, and uh, the developer has the more about that game than anybody. No, but no, no, we didn't go for that in the end. Yeah. In the, in the end, uh, the idea of the... you know, I, I actually pitched a show that was Let's Plays yeah. at one point, and everybody looked at me like I had... Lobsters crawling out of my ears. Yeah. Like it was Like no one understood the concept about it. Yep. And uh, I was I was always uh, jealous that you guys got to got to take kind of your own per, you know permutation of that and make that sort of the meat. do what the hell you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that was the. me you know, I remember <laughs> yeah. Hoffman going out and and just like, oh, so we're gonna mic you up. You're gonna play the game. I'm just like, look at all this information they get to present that like otherwise is just you know it's way more informative to me than than it, like b-roll plus bullet points and. Yeah. uh I, I don't know. I I always admire that you guys uh, found that that solution for it, and uh, I was always irritated that I could never argue my way into letting us do that, too. <laughs> well, yeah, once we started doing them, like, they were doing, like,
0: five times the views mm. of...
1: Like, you don't really ratings. have that that metric to go by when you're making a show. A yeah, yeah, because you're so. just, like, ratings. Like, yeah. you can't know one segment affected, right. like, the ratings of a Although show. Although we did, uh, for a while, get minute-to-minute ratings on the shows. So wow. It was, before, it was before we started, but that was when we were, like, daily and stuff. Do you know what the highest-rated individual segment of X-Play ever was? The review for Joe Danger.
0: That's just... It's
1: happened. just coincidence. It just happens. It's just absolutely, yeah. yeah, it's just complete coincidence. But that was the highest-rated single segment in any of that. Um... And now they made No Man's Sky. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There yes. you go. <laughs> That's huge funny. Huge coincidence. But here's one from
0: Very Sauce. It's V E R I seven A S. Any reaction to Evo being televised on ESPN 2
1: uh, Well, I did it first um, in 2010 and 2011. We we put Evo on TV, and actually, uh, uh, my old boss uh, from. Uh, G4 actually emailed me this week to say, like, hey, we were ahead of our time. Yeah. Because, we, you know, he did that, and he actually did some work for ESPN as well. Yeah. And he's just, like, you know, I said at the time, I'm like, if anything can make it on TV, televised formatting from, from gaming stuff, it's fighting games because you don't even need to play them to understand what's happening. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean Starcade. If you think back, right. Starcade right. was the
0: first ever eSports TV show. Yeah. And it's that's still true. one of
1: the best video game TV shows ever made. <laughs> bite-sized bite-sized games, you understand what you're looking at. It yeah. makes sense when it happens. It's great. Yeah. And like uh so I think it's good. I think there's a lot of drama in the community happening right now because like the ESPN broadcast is not going to be the same as the stream that's being broadcast on Capcom Fighters on Twitch. So I think there's a lot of questions about like Who's hosting what thing? Who's doing which? Where is Seth back? Is what's Mike Ross doing? I, uh, like, people are wondering. Like, is that going to become a really crowded production environment really fast? There's an argument going on with the Smash Brothers community. Where like, if Smash start, goes too long, are they going to cut them off to just start on time for ESPN? Because Street Fighter Five is after Smash. It's the finale, and the only thing ESPN is covering in Smash is Street Fighter Five. Um, it's real interesting because it's like a big growth moment for the fighting game community and everybody's sort of like, well, now what? Yeah, you know, like, it, There's a little bit of stage fright, there's a little bit of excitement, there's a little bit of fear, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really cool because obviously so obviously, obviously fighting games are my thing in terms of competitive gaming and I'm happy to see that community get big and I was always very proud to be part of it. And to, you know, 2010 and 2011 we went and shot full episodes of X-Play with, the, with my producer Ben Winter who was just... Xlink came up with a lot of good ideas that are used to this day in the fighting game stream production in terms of how you present the the, 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 the fighters and the, the players and stuff. And we were some of the first to like really interview these players and sort of, try, you know, Daigo and those guys and try to kind of get some personality out of them. Yeah. And, um, present them as, you know, content. We did like the whole like, you know, tail of tape matchup stuff and, yeah, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, to this day also, like, those guys are super nice and super welcoming to me just because, you know, I tried to put that effort in and they appreciate it. And even though they're, they're way bigger they're huge now. now yeah. Oh, it's way, way bigger now. Yeah. But like, yeah, community does not forget where it came from, and I always appreciate that. So I, I think all the success in the world with them, I hope the ESPN thing works out for them. Um, I hope it doesn't become like a political problem yeah. in the community. Yeah. But uh, it's a very exciting time, especially as someone who like, can't follow any other esports properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's something I can watch. Cool.
0: I love it. I think it's best foot forward. I think ESPN was really smart with who it decided to work with. Um, I think if you're going to put something on ESPN2, it needs to be fighting games. I think l- watching MOBAs is a terrible first step for major network television. Nobody understands what a Mo- Most gamers don't know what's going on in a MOBA. How are you going to expect ESPN's viewership to understand what's going on in a MOBA? It should have led with this instead of Heroes of the Storm or whatever. I get that Blizzard probably paid them millions of dollars. This is what ESPN should have been doing from the beginning. Swanson, I see you taking shots at me bro, come at me bro. (laughs) Your question, I see you went back and forth with uh, someone in the chat, but basically your question was, oh here it is, Shane do you use your own site? That's two weeks in a row you have missed massive news from Sifted. Dude, look at my user level on Sifted, I'm level 27. I don't just hand myself those levels dude, I earned that level. So yeah i use the site do you realize we add like hundreds of pieces of content to sifted every day if anything the fact that the guy who made sifted missed something is a pretty good thing that means that there's so much damn content on the site that even the guy who built it may have missed something everyone's sift is different you may like sony so you may have jacked up your rating for sony so Adam Boyce's story popped right up to the top, and you saw it at the top of your sift. I have all mine set in the middle. So his story may have been all the way at the bottom of my sift. It's the way sifted works. It means it's working.
1: (laughs) Also, that story broke when you were like importing videos. I just told you earlier
0: in the show that I work
1: all day on this show on the day of episodes. I saw it because I didn't have to get here until 6:30. Why are you
0: hating, bro? Why are you hating on me? I bust my ass for the site. <laughs> why are you hating on me? Anyway, that's why I missed it. There's a million reasons why I could miss something, and I think it's good that I missed something. If I see everything every day, that means the content there's not enough content on the site to keep everybody happy. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, <laughs> you guys are funny. <laughs> All right, that's it. I think we've answered enough already. Mm-hmm. Good episode, though. I really had a lot of fun with this episode. Lots of great discussions. It's good Pretty to mix good it up a little bit. Pretty a quiet week. Yeah, and not just uh, talk about one game after another game after another game, or talk mm-hmm. about a convention or whatever. Uh, yeah, achievements. I don't know the ETA on when they're going to be done. How I know ma- how many are there. About it's like hundred and forty, I think, hmm. something like that. Wow. There's a lot. And Vin is amazing, man. He's like busting through them like faster than I ever th- thought he would. But he also has like another contract coming up. So they're close. Um, we're starting to put the pieces together. Vin's getting the icons done, and they're getting incorporated into the system. Like I said earlier, we we're looking at the notifications. Get those audio samples to me. You can send them in an email. They're only going to be a second long. Shouldn't be <laughs> shouldn't hold up much base. So send them along. Our email, email uh, inbox can handle them. Uh, yeah, thanks again to everyone in Europe. I know I saw people in our chat once again from Europe um, so thank you and I think it started for one of our users I saw on Twitter at like 4 in the morning the show starts mm-hmm. on a Friday morning right. so yeah thank you guys so much thanks even to the people on the East Coast obviously it's pretty late for you guys so keep an eye on our Twitter feed our Facebook feed or just visit the damn website and you'll know about the show next week probably 50-50 right now whether we're going to do one or not But I do promise you that if there is no Game Face next week, it shall be replaced by something else. So, don't fret. Anyway, on behalf of Matt and myself and our awesome TriCaster operator Sam, have yourself an awesome night. Game Face is up and out.